1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
3: Welcome to Sports Central. What is a fantastic Saturday afternoon. Jason Matthews in the Sports Central chair. Just uh, I'm also on the Gold Coast studios where Nick Davis has just been doing the, uh, the, the show with uh, Adam Peacock this morning, the Mowers, and uh, I'm just picking up all the divots uh, he's made from uh, hitting golf balls in our studio here this morning. But welcome to it. It's going to be a big show. Very shortly, the Australian uh, cricket coach, interim coach, I should say, Andrew McDonald will be joining us after the Aussies had a, had a great win last night uh, in their first of five games against Sri Lanka in the T20. It was good to see some T20, some white ball cricket. Wasn't it? It was great to watch that last night. A bit of a bonus as we ease into the cricket season to see some, uh, uh, into the footy season to see some cricket on our, on our screens. Uh, who else is joining us today? Oh, massive! Jared Waitley is joining us from Los Angeles as he prepares to call the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Six, between the Rams and the Bengals. You can catch that action live, of course, here on SEN on Monday morning from nine o'clock, with all the action kicking off from ten thirty. It's going to be a great game. We'll find out what the build-up is like in Los Angeles with uh, Jared. uh, Jared, sorry, real soon. Chris Nelson, some racing tips. He'll be joining us. I don't don't know how he's going lately. I don't think he's been going too well, but we'll find out. Katie Brown is at Broncos trial today in Brizzy. Uh, She'll join us as well. Scotty Sattler will chat NRL. And I see. I see this uh, a play. Is that a a, a knee? uh, A stem cell? operation on his knee. That's uh, Jared Croker. We'll talk about that. And and there's some news out of the Super League, which has just started up again in the UK. Former Bulldogs player sent off in his first game. Massive shot to their head. We'll have a chat with here. Uh, chat with stats about all things footy. Michelle Still from Channel 7. We'll look at today's action in Beijing. Of course, the Winter Olympics rolling on. And, and and how good was it yesterday? Scotty James picking up silver in, in, in the half pot. That equals our greatest ever uh, performance at the Winter Olympics. And we've got a good chance it's uh, at a medal tonight. So we'll talk to Michelle about that uh, real soon. Uh, Brooksy from Joel and Fletch, the EP, the superstar of that show, will be joining us for the latest draft news in the NBA. And, of course, the big news is Benny Simmons. Off to Brooklyn. Will Paddy Mills have to uh, babysit that bloke when he, he joins that club? Uh, interesting to find out. There's been a lot of movement in the draft this week, so I'll have a chat to uh, Brooksie about that. He knows a lot more than me. And Joel Kane will preview tonight's All-Stars game. But last night... Australia versus Sri Lanka. The SCG, the first of five T20 matches. Josh Hazelwood and Adam Zampa led the way as Australia defended their lowest total at home in seven years to take a 1-0 lead in the series. Also, a very nice 50 from Ben McDermott at the top of the order. I think his previous high score for Australia was about 35, but that was batting in the middle of the order. Geez, looks good at the top. Absolutely looks fantastic at the top. His 50 was was great. Australia made nine for 149 before bowling Sri Lanka are out for 122. Here are the highlights.
2: Short of a length, McDermott hasn't quite got it, or has he? It's back, oh. it's over! <laughs> Hasaranga. Bowled him! Pinch played all around it. It's been an eventful innings by the Australian skipper. Eventually he's out bowled by the world class Hasaranga. Oh, that is McDermott. Deep in his crease, he got all of that. It's gone. Top deck of the Bill O'Reilly stand. Whoa. Karuna Ratney, and that's a reverse sweep that's gone horribly wrong. Karuna Ratney celebrates, and why wouldn't he? Inglis out-bowled, and Sri Lanka claim their second wicket. Now again, Dang fully, that, that. fully down the throat of the fielder, He's oh. taken it. Doug Bollinger told us about the fullies. It's got another one. Bowling now, McDermott, one of that 50. He just turns to the on. I think Smith will come back for the second. He'll do it comfortably. That's great running from the Australians. And that's a really nice innings from Ben McDermott. Ooh, 51 good. not out. Bowling now. full, oh, Delivery. And Smith's gone right over the top of it. Gets his third wicket. Smith's out. Can't believe it. Sri Lanka dragging themselves back into it. Bowling to McDermott. Oh, that looks adjacent too. Yeah, you bet. Another wicket. Great bowling. Full, straight, hitting middle and leg. And he hits that really hard. That'll be an outstanding. catch! it's just behind point it's gone flat and it's a diving the fully. catch another fully runs away from us stark is bold. he tried to get it over the players at short leg cummins the man on strike and he moves in the crease hits good shot nice Fall. down the ground no no player there no. Call no. karuna ratna takes the catch another fully Final a ball of the second over it's a slog And it went straight to the man at short mid-wicket. Stoinis. I think it was Stoinis took the catch and Hazelwood gets the first wicket. Gunathalaka is out and now Sri Lanka are one for three. See, that's what I was talking about. Just a big dirty heave-ho. Here he is again. Oh! Oh! Shot! It wasn't even that short. And now it's in the first row of the ladies' stand. Cannon into the ladies' stand. It's still shaking. What a great shot. Fernando. Fernando's oh. gone high. Who's getting under it? Wade is there. It's gone miles into the air. Wade has great got it. Catch. Well done. He's taken that just in front of where fine leg would have been. Lovely catch from the wicket keeper. Second wicket down for Sri Lanka. That's a great catch. That's gone so high. It had snow on it. But that's just, that's a shot he didn't need to play. Another one. Just hit a good six. He could have got a single. is oh. shot. I'll tell you what he's doing. He's taking half a step down the ground and hitting superbly past the bowler, right along the carpet, and gets four runs. Yeah. To Nasenka. Nasenka, yeah. oh, this is going to be a catch. He's got to get forward. Stark, Stark has got it, hangs onto it. Good catch. That is a nice catch. catch in the outfield. Zampa gets his man. Nasenka goes, and now Sri Lanka have put themselves under pressure again. The man that was in, 36 off 36. That time, no catch. Won't be a catch there. Is it a catch there? It's a catch there. Didn't he get around the field nicely, Stephen Smith? It had six written all over it. Got it around perfectly. Steve Smith takes the catch. Two wickets in the over to Zampa. Now two fresh batters in there. And it's hit inside out. This is going to be a catch for Stephen Smith. Taken. there's your third for Zampa. Yep. And the fifth falls for Sri Lanka. They're in trouble now, Dougie. They are. Game over. Out yeah, court. Caught and the old C&B from Josh Hazelwood, he responded nicely to it, got the wicket. Oh, Dougie. I've got a front runner. Oh, I've got front a front runner. runner. I've got the 150, now I'll get me in the match. It is the venue. Josh Hazelwood running in from the RAND weekend, and this is hit high. And Jeez, oh dear, high. idea going to be a chance of a catch. It's taken there by Good Finch, catch. it is. That's McDermott, in fact. Gets the catch. Hazelwood gets the fourth wicket. Oh, i on. I've got him. I told you. Here we go. Final delivery. 22 off one. Famous scoreline here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And it's a nice Yorker full of length delivery. Pushed out into the onside. They'll just get through for the one run. Steve Smith does the fielding. The crowd gives it a cheer because they've done well to stay here right to the end. Well done, mm. Australia. Well done. In the end, a comfortable victory after posting what we thought was less than competitive total, 150, the target for Sri Lanka. They've fallen short after a rain delay from their 19 overs. The target was 143, and they've fallen short. Eight for one, two, two.
3: There you have it. Australia winning that first uh, T20 match against uh, Sri Lanka uh, last night at the SCG. Game two tomorrow night, by the way, uh, at uh, 10 past 7. Uh, would be worth going to see at the SCG tomorrow night. And, of course, then it moves on to, I think, Melbourne and also Canberra for that series. Uh, Andrew McDonald, the coach, interim coach of the Australian cricket team, joining us uh, shortly. If you've got a question for him, uh, here's your chance to ask. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is our text number. You can text us anytime. Uh, hello to all our listeners, by the way, through 1170 SEN in Sydney, SENQ and S C N fanatic through the S C N app. Great to have you on board this afternoon. And I've got to apologise. Uh, I haven't said hello to Dan yet, who's on the buttons. G'day, mate.
1: That's okay, Jase. How
3: are you going, mate? Yeah, good. That's good. Geez, it's been a it's been a big week in sport. Pretty sad as well uh, with the passing mm-hmm. of two great rugby league players. Uh, no doubtedly, Dan, one of the the greatest to play the game. Uh, in Johnny Chook Raper passed away on Wednesday. Aged 82, was crook for a while, so um, he's gone. And and then on Thursday, just out of the blue, massive shock. Uh, We're about to go to air, Sats and I, on Sports Day on Thursday night, and we we learnt that uh, Olsen Filipina
1: passed away
3: only 64, mate.
1: Yeah, very sad. That, as you said, did come out of the blue. I I listened, and I know we're going to replay it later, I listened to Scott Sattler's interview had on Wednesday night with Bob McCarthy. Gee, that was fascinating listening.
3: Gives you chills, doesn't it? It was and when great. you, I mean, of course, Bob McCarthy played against uh Johnny Raper and, and then also went on to uh, play with him mm. as a kangaroo. And, um, you know, most people, I mean, Frank Hyde described um Johnny Raper as one of the greatest players he's ever seen, but, you know, the old rugby league caller. But when you, Bobby McCarthy had nothing but praise for the man and, yeah, such a, such a sad day. And, you know, no doubt Dragons fans would be a little bit down in the dumps. He, he actually made that Red V famous, Yep, uh, yep. Johnny Raper. So, and of course then Olsen Philippe Hider, who who uh, we spoke to on sports day about a year and a half ago. Mm. And for him, uh, you know, just that book came out and, you know, of course he played with Balmain, Norths and also Easts, um, a great player and. Mm. I mean, ask Wally Lewis what he did to him in a test match, came out of reserve grade and absol- uh, and played for, for New Zealand, absolutely toweled up uh Wally Lewis. Um absolutely outstanding. And and what caused that was he waited for Wally Lewis one day uh at the stadium and to shake his hand and Wally just fobbed him off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he
3: said, I can't wait to play you next time then. So uh, our thoughts with the friends yeah. and fans of those two legends who we lost this week, as I say, Andrew McDonald, the interim coach of the Australian cricket team, joining us shortly. If you've got a question for him, 0457 736 736. Winter Olympics, What well done, Scotty James. Silver in the half pipe. It equals Australia's greatest ever hall of medals at the Winter Olympic. And we've got a real good chance later on tonight. As I said, we'll talk to Michelle Steele about that uh, from Channel 7 a little later on. Uh, and sport on today, apart from Winter Olympics, uh, NRL All-Stars at Combank Stadium tonight. Looking forward to that. The the women kick it all off at uh, 5 o'clock, and then the men just after 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Scotty Sattler would join me in about an hour's time, and I want to get his thoughts on, on Latrell Mitchell, on how he's missed out and whether he should be playing, and he has some strong views on that. And also, uh, in NRL trials today, it's just the one uh brisbane taking on winham in brisbane and of course uh katie brown is there so we'll cross to her and and chat to her about women's sport and also how that trial is looking for the broncos uh this afternoon but right now our first guest on sports central and we appreciate his time after the aussies had a great win last night in their first t20 and i guess his first game as interim head coach of australia as well andrew mcdonald thanks for joining us on sports central
4: thanks for having us jason
3: uh, mate a good win how impressive was josh hazelwood I mean, when was the last time josh hazelwood played any cricket i mean his performance last night four for 12 but also adam zamper who i thought was the player of of our team in the world cup he just continues to roll on P- great performances by those two last night
4: yeah fantastic performances by those um two in particular and i think they've really had a a great 12 months in particular in, in this format. Obviously, um, Josh had, Josh hasn't played a lot of T20 for Australia. Um, that's purely because he's test demands and as you mentioned, he's coming off a side injury that ruled him out of the, the last four test matches of the Ashes. So it's been an incredible gap for him. So to come out um, and have that performance first up, uh, full credit to him and, and the way he's prepared and Adam Zampa, yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think he was um, yeah, close to being our, our best player in the World Cup, and um, he just continues to go f- from strength to strength. And um, he just keeps improving his variations, his control, um, his read of the game. Um, yeah, he's, he's in a, a nice sweet spot in his career.
3: Andrew, would someone like Adam Zampa be able to take that into the long form of uh, of cricket, uh, Test matches? Is that or was he? He's he's only good at that white ball cricket. Can he take that variation? I am I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't played many tests. Could you see him playing tests in the future?
4: Oh, I think he can never discount anyone. Um, it's really just the opportunity for him to play a lot of first class cricket. The the white ball players don't get access at first class cricket, and and there's a couple of good spinners in front of him in the red ball format, and um, Nathan yeah. Lyon and, and Mitchell and So. I think, yeah, he'd, ha- he'd have to put some performances on the board in, in those sort of longer form-, form of the game. And it's, it's where he sort of gets, um, I suppose, opportunity with that. But, um, yeah, you never say never. And, and the way he's bowling, um, yeah, you could see it looking uh, pretty handy in a Red ball game. But uh, as I said at the moment, there's a couple of handy ones in front of him and not to mention Ash Naga, who's been picked on the, the recent tour of Pakistan.
3: Um, ben McDermott, great to see him at-, at the top of the order last night. Normally gets his crack around the the middle of the order. keen, you key, keen to keep him at the top of the order?
4: Yeah, at the moment we've got a small opportunity there with David Warner uh, not playing, um, getting himself ready ready for Pakistan. Um, so there's an opportunity there um, for, for him to play at the top of the order. It's probably where he's um, played his best cricket for the Hobart Hurricanes over a period of time. So um, sometimes when you come into the Australian team, you've got to fit in and around and you know, he's been in the middle order at times and, and probably not a role suited to him. But I, I think he's really happy at the top of the order. Um, so we can see him, yeah, depending on who's available and who's not, um, you know, heading towards the World Cup, um, fulfilling that that role, sort of, you know, somewhere in the top three.
3: Josh Inglis last night, it was a short stay at the crease, but, geez, it was entertaining.
4: Yeah, it was great to see a first gamer um, come in and sort of play the way that we know he can play. Um, it takes a lot of sort of courage to be able to do that walk out there at <laughs> international level and <laughs> and uh, transfer your game from domestic level uh, onto the big stage. So, yeah, we we're really encouraged by that performance. Um, we, you know, we we obviously took him to the World Cup in the squad there, so we know what he can do. But, yeah, he got his opportunity and his debut last night, so we look forward to what that career looks like um, as it unfolds.
3: Now, we know we haven't got a lot of time because you've got training shortly with the boys. Um, can you remember a time in Australian cricket that we've had so much depth depth in batting and bowling normally it's one or one or the other but at the moment we seem to have a lot of depth in batting and bowling andrew
4: yeah i think that sort of comes through a little bit of exposure we saw during the ashes that you know a couple of our bowlers got um injured and then patty cummins the the covid scare um so that just created gaps for for those domestic players to come through and i think it's full credit to the domestic system really it sort of sometimes gets critiqued faster than than probably what it should and and we've seen that it's preparing players for the for the next level and um as you said it's great to see people acknowledging that depth and i suppose the more opportunity we give to those guys from domestic level they'll show how good they are and with the way that the future tours program is there's you know it's near impossible for players to play the whole time. Um, So there's Mm -hmm. going to be some, some opportunities there and it's great to see people taking those.
3: Andrew, what's your, um, I've got to ask you this question. What's your position on the full-time coaching role? Aaron Finch is backing you and Pat Cummins wants a more collaborative coach. Uh, Have you had time to ever think about this and and are you keen on the role?
4: I I haven't had time to think about it sort of whisked into the, um, the interim role and, uh, I suppose it's for Cricket Australia to to understand what they're looking for in that head coach and and roll that out and and then obviously they'll run a process which they they do and that will be no doubt thorough um, and then yeah as I said once, once the details of that emerge then you can start to make a position as to, to whether it suits um, you know what you, you're expecting out of a role and you know the demands of it and you know JL has commented over time that it is a very demanding role to do all all three formats um, for the whole whole year round so. Uh, I'm not sure what their thoughts are, but yeah, I'll, I'll look on with interest to see where they land on that.
3: And the tour of Pakistan, been reports that some of the players uh, have concerns, which is totally understandable for, for their safety, and I, it'd be certainly nervous heading over there, I, I could tell you that much. Has there been much discussion uh, in the change room from the players and, and the staff?
4: Not really, I think, that the way that Cricket Australia have sort of tabled the information to us, they are taking us on a journey around security and COVID and what it looks like over there, so I think that's alleviated a lot of the stresses and, and, and doubts of to the tour. And, and that's probably indicated by the fact that we've, we've pretty much got everyone available for that tour. Um, so that's a great sign um, that, that everyone's you know more comfortable than probably what they were a few months ago. So there hasn't been a lot of discussion around that. There's been a lot of discussion around the opportunity in Pakistan and looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be an incredibly tough tour. We know that. Um, we haven't been there since 1998. Um, and we're not sure what to expect um, just because we aren't familiar with those conditions. So um, we look forward to the opportunity um, and and see what what that that test brings to us as a group.
3: And and quite rare too. Australia hasn't been overseas, hasn't played a a series overseas uh, tests, that is. I think it was, what, October 2019. So uh, it it must must be a good feeling to, to get out of the country and actually head overseas for a change.
4: Yeah, I think it might have even been the Ashes series from, from memory. So it's been a, yeah, a wow. long time. There you
5: go.
4: Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. So, yeah, we look forward to that. And obviously COVID has had a fair say in that. Um, mm. So it's rare that you probably get these gaps. But, yeah, as you said, yeah, we're looking forward to the, the tour overseas as a, as a test match team and looking forward to the okay. challenges ahead. It's a, it's an interesting sort of 12 months ahead with um, Pakistan and um, Sri Lanka. So we're going to get tested in, in conditions that are foreign. But um, we feel as though we've got the capabilities to, to make a good fist of it.
3: Andrew, it's good to be talking about cricket on the field rather than off the field now. The second game tomorrow night at the SCG, taking on Sri Lanka again. Best of luck with that game, and thanks for joining us on Sports Central.
4: Thanks for having us, Jason.
3: No worries. Andrew McDonald there, the interim head coach of the Australian cricket team. Uh, he only had about five, five six minutes with him. He's about to take the boys' training, and he's got a media conference this afternoon, so plenty uh, going on there. Dan, your thoughts? Did you Thoughts on... Whether he's keen on that coaching role?
1: Very well spoken, isn't he, Jay? He sort of ducked it, but he wasn't
3: I, wasn't given much away.
1: No, no, I think he'd be keen, but obviously uh, he's probably pretty busy at the moment. But you'd be surprised if uh, he's not one of the options they go for in the coming weeks.
3: The buzzword around cricket Australia at the moment is collaborative. Yes. I can't even say it. <laughs> no. what, what, co- collaborative. Collaborative. That's <laughs> that's that's the buzzword mm. around Cricket Australia, mate. Everyone's throwing that word around.
1: Yeah. they are. What did you think? I know it could have going break. What did you think of Pat Cummins' press conference the other day? Outstanding. You liked it, yeah? I agree. I yeah, I,
3: agree. I was I was very critical of him not saying anything mm. until then, but when he when he came out and said what he said, I thought uh, it, it was outstanding. Yep, totally. Uh, and agree. I thought I thought Finchie's, uh media conference the next day, but backed up what Pat said, which you'd imagine it would. Mm. But I'll tell you what, Pat Pat Cummins has been impressive as Australian captain. He he speaks well. Um, I don't know who's training him or whether it just comes naturally, but uh, he's very impressive. And, look, I wasn't a fan of Justin Langer uh, being offered a six-month contract, and you understand why Justin Langer didn't want to accept that. 100%. Um, Yeah, I just – but we've got to move on. And, you know, I think – Pat Cummins gave us a lot more than what Cricket Australia gave us, if you know what I mean. And the way, reason why that he he did a great job till now, but moving forward we need a different style. Yep, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Whether that's going to be successful, Dan, or not, we know what happened when the players were in charge back in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, let's hope we don't get to that stage again under Pat Cummins as, as Australian skipper. we better get to a break. You did mention that Chris Nelson joins us shortly. We've got uh, some tips for you if you're going to have a punt this afternoon. Gamble responsibly. We'll get to that next. This is Sports Central on SEN. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday afternoon. Get involved any Call us, one three hundred o one eleven seventy. one 1170 Maybe you've got a tip for us tonight uh, for the All-Stars game at Combank Stadium, uh, the Maori All-Stars versus the Indigenous All-Stars. Uh, Or you might have a race tip for us this afternoon like this man, Chris Nelson. G'day, Nelson. Jace, how are you going this
6: afternoon? Morning. Mate, good. afternoon, Morning here. Yes, good morning.
3: Yeah, well, mate, it's great. I get to talk sport for four hours uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Gets me out of chores at home,
6: mate. Yes. Getting paid to talk about sport. You can't do much better than that, (laughs) can you?
3: Yeah, it's pretty easy, isn't it? Rightio, (laughs) let's have a look at racing, mate. We're going to have a couple of chats to you today. We're going to get some early early mail from you and they might have a chat to you later on if we're in a bit of trouble uh, remember to gamble responsibly uh to see if we can uh, maybe find some stuff at the end of the day hey listen question without notice um mm. is pikey done is william pike done in wa now
6: yes yes he's done in wa uh i think he'll start riding in sydney pretty soon actually so uh, for our sydney listeners they'll be bumping into um to pikey pretty soon he'll be in a Gee, a hot melting pot of uh, jockeys in Sydney. There's very, very competitive there, as we know. So, yep, that's where you'll see him next, and he'll be riding right through the carnival and beyond, and I think a lot will depend on um, on vaccination mandates and laws going forward, obviously.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
6: rodio mate, what do you got for us today? Well, uh, we've got racing, some good racing today. We've got uh, the autumn carnival really starting to pick up in Sydney and in Melbourne. At Randwick, we've got... Uh, the running of the Apollo Stakes, Group 2. And we get to see uh, the Melbourne Cup winner, of course. Uh, I was going to say Empire Rose. Very elegant go around Empire <laughs> Rose a few years ago. Very yeah, elegant right. go around to the Apollo Stakes. Uh, the Light Fingers, where we've got a bit of Queensland representation with uh, Star Tontes. But, of course, the, uh, the horse to watch there is Espiona, for Chris Waller, who's uh, unbeaten two from two. And a lot of people are of the opinion she's the next big thing. Uh, in Australian racing, so that's race seven. The Apollos race eight. The Triske stakes is a good one for the Phillies and mares, or the mares uh, race number nine as well. So good racing at Randwick. Good racing at Caulfield. We've got the uh, the two heats of the Blue Diamond Prelude, one for the colts and geldings, one for the Phillies. They are races three and four, and the CF4 Stakes, where we see the return of I'm Thunderstruck, the uh, the Golden Eagle winner. That's a Group One race. That's race eight uh, later this afternoon, and of course in our own backyard, Jace We've got racing at uh, Doomben and we've got racing on the Gold Coast. So uh, plenty to like. Do you want some early tips? Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, of course we do. Okay. Does a bear, well, d- the, does a bear uh...
3: do its business in the woods?
6: <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll just stick with Doomben and the Gold Coast at this early stage of the day. Doomben race two, number three, Tamale. Now, he's been a bit of a worry for us. He seems to find ways to get beaten, but... I'm giving him one more chance. Uh, hopefully, he can just find some sort of a position early and then get to the outside, because if there's any bad luck in a race, he seems to be the recipient of it. Today could be the day where he breaks through. So, race two, number three, Amalade. Now, a shorty at the Gold Coast. Uh, race one, number four, Amoral for Tony Golan. Uh This horse was due to run a couple of weeks ago to midweeker. They called that meeting off, then drew a bad gate, so it was scratched. Trials have been exceptionally good. You'll probably have to take about a dollar ninety, dollar eighty five, but it's still a good way to start the day. And that race goes at twelve twenty four Queensland time. Gold Coast race one number four immoral having its first start and hopefully will be one from one after or tick after twelve twenty four this afternoon. Uh,
3: that's Queensland time, of course. uh one twenty four in mm. Sydney. Oh, I've got a I've got a tip uh, again. Gamble responsibly. Uh, mm. In the Southern Cross Stakes in Sydney today. Uh, laws of indices. I know it's it's paying about eight bucks. I know it's drawn barrier twelve, but the reports that I've heard back from the jockey J Mac is that that horse is. Uh, in, well, is in, he? In, sorry, is he contacting you now just exclusively? Oh, well, mate, everyone does, mate. Let's be honest, <laughs> but but uh, apparently um, this horse is in great nick, and don't worry well, about a good barrier race. twelve.
6: Well. Well, that's a good race. I mean, Lost and Running resumes. Of course, the horse ran fourth in the Everest. And the stablemate down the bottom, Quantico, both from the O'Shea Yard, uh, it trialled with Lost and Running recently and beat it and is a very promising type. So you might have a bit to beat there, but gee, if j uh, tipping you this, then uh, I'm all over it.
3: Again, didn't ring me directly, I've got to say. Oh, uh, I had his know, people man. call my people. And we worked it out that way. But anyway, <laughs> hey, listen, mate, uh, we've got some tips to start us off with and uh, we'll catch yep. up in a couple of hours' time and see how we're going. Uh, hopefully we're going well. I know you've got a couple of tips later on uh, at Doombin this afternoon as well, mate, which uh, which look pretty good as well. But remember, everyone, gamble responsibly,
6: okay? Of course, and hopefully we'll be two from two when I chat to you next time. Lovely. Thanks, Chris Nelson. Thanks, Jace. We better get
3: to a break. This is Sports Central on 1170 SCN and also via the SCN app and also on SCNQ. When we come back, we're going to go straight to Los Angeles where Jared Whateley is standing by to have a chat to us. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, Monday morning our time. Uh, he's going to set the scene for us next here on Sports Central. Yeah, welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here this afternoon on 1170 SCN, SCNQ and also across the SCN app i tell you what, there's a lot of sport going on, not only in Australia at the moment, but around the world. Of course, the Winter Olympics. Uh, and one of the biggest sporting con- uh, uh, competitions or finales that'll be watched by billions around the world happens Monday morning our time. It is Super Bowl 56. You can catch all the action from 9am here on SEN. The game starting at 10.30. And the man who's calling this game for us is Jared Waitley. He's joining us now on Sports Central. G'day, Jared.
7: Jason, greetings from Los Angeles, where it's been a most glorious Friday. It's 31 degrees, and there's a party atmosphere, which is building by the hour in the heart of Hollywood as we look towards Sunday night. And and Los Angeles, the, the pride and joy, their five and a half billion dollar stadium hosting the the showpiece game of American
5: football.
3: I will admit, I'm jealous, uh, Jared, that you're over there, and I'll be watching it uh, back here in Australia uh, or be it at the sporting globe. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm looking forward to this game because you've got a team, one of the teams, um, and I'll get into it shortly. The bangles, their, their past three years has been very interesting, but I, I want to find out from you first, Jared, how, how you became involved in, in your love of, uh, American football. I mean, you've caught AFL, you've caught cricket, uh, horse racing. Where did your passion for American football come from?
7: So I'm in my mid-40s, and when I was young, Don Lane used to host a highlight yes. show each week on the ABC. So yes. my vintage is the New York Giants, when Phil Simms was a quarterback and Bill Parcells was a coach, and then to the 49ers, when Joe Montana uh, ruled the NFL world. So that's the heritage of it. So it's always been part of, of what I've watched. Uh, my memory is that the Super Bowl started to be shown live about then as well that's probably mm-hmm. the, the late eighties and it, so yes it, it's a game that uh, i've always enjoyed i have uh, i've watched um, and we know how um how pervasive it's become now is on on monday morning you've got the choice of uh, as many as five games that you can watch um, between channel Seven and Foxtel ESPN. And then uh, we get Monday night football on Tuesday, which is a beautiful time slot for me, just after I get home from from doing my show. So uh, <laughs> that side of it is it's always been something that I have enjoyed and watched. The Super Bowl is it's a transfixing event because not just because of the game, but because of the cultural piece with the halftime show and the like. And then when I came to SEN, is um, the notion was that we wanted to take SEN audiences to the biggest sporting events in the world, and the biggest annual sporting event is the Super Bowl. So five years ago, we we went to Minneapolis. It was minus 25 degrees. It was absolutely freezing (laughs) there. Uh, So we went through uh, Minnesota, Atlanta, Miami, then obviously we couldn't travel last year with the pandemic to Tampa Bay, but uh, here we are back in LA.
3: Do you have a favorite team? Mine's and I. By the way, I was educated about NFL the same way as you. Monday nights, ABC, Don Lane, outstanding. Yeah. Do you, my favorite team's the Cowboys. Do you have a favorite team, <laughs> Uh I. Do
7: you know what? It's one of those things. I probably more have favorite players now right. when it comes to the NFL. It's almost like your your home country sports. You are. Um, you're obliged to follow teams. That's culturally how we are. And once you're wedded to a team, you're with them for life. But you you sort of get to pick and choose a little bit with your overseas teams, I find. So I have followed followed the Giants when I was a kid, and it was because Don Lane was a New York fan. So we watched it through his eyes, and he was a Giants Mm. guy. So I followed him. I love the career of Joe Montana, and I'll hardly be the only kid who would say that. I've found... Tom Brady, the most extraordinary figure to follow. So, I guess for a while I was a Patriots fan, but then when he moved to the Bucks, my allegiances were there. Patrick Mahomes is um, is, is one of the most magnetic figures in all of sport. So I'm I'm now drawn to him. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I I have in my wardrobe um, a whole suite of jerseys, but none of them are from the same team. They're they're all matched to players along the way.
3: That's fantastic. LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, over the last two years, I think, Jared, they'd won, what, six games in, in two yeah, seasons. Yeah. What's, what, how have they transitioned and how have they gotten to this Super Bowl uh, this year? It's been remarkable.
7: They've done it on the back of their number one draft pick, uh, Joe Burrow. And this is, I guess, because the sport is so... Um, the, the, the quarterback is so central to the sport. This is the possibility is you can transform what's been a miserable three decades really for the Bengals. But as you rightly point out is two years ago, they had the worst record in football with two wins. And then last year they had four wins. So they're on the journey sort of from worst to first as it's referred to here. And it's done on the back of, of one great young player. So, um maybe rebuilding in the nfl is a different proposition to the long-term rebuilds that are required in our australian sports because the responsibility is more shared and more spread so burrow has he has an illustrious college career he's never lost a playoff game he's come into the nfl last year he got injured he had to have knee surgery ended his year early so this is his second year but it's his first full year and he's taking his team immediately uh, to the Super Bowl. They've put some fascinating, creative pieces around him. Uh, you'll hear during the call, Jamar Chase is in his first year as a wide receiver, and he's quite he's quite a, a dynamic one-on-one player who, who creates catches from contests in a way that you'll recognise as, as either NRL or, or AFL or, or rugby union fans. He's a, he's a strong body who can win the contest against a direct opponent. So... That said, it is um, it's an incredible surprise that they are in the Super Bowl. They hadn't won a playoff game for 31 years. They hosted the Raiders in a wild card game. It was brilliant to see them win. There was a huge outpouring, and I think that's where everybody expected it to end. They then went and beat the number one seed in their conference, the Tennessee Titans, the next week, and they fell behind the Kansas City Chiefs by 18 points away from home in the conference championship. And most people would have imagined they were going to get beaten by 40. And they staged an incredible comeback. So mm. it's been said, it doesn't make a lot of sense how a team like this can be in the Super Bowl. But it's the dream for every struggling team that there is. And maybe when you get to these moments, there's a bit of fairy dust about it. I guess we'll find yeah. out on Monday.
3: And on the other side of the coin, we see a team playing in their home stadium for the, for the second time. In a row, uh, which had never been done yeah. before in the history of Super Bowls, the LA Rams. One thing I've heard a lot this year, uh, this week, Jared, is that the Rams, they're all in. They've thrown everything yeah. at making yeah. the Super Bowl with, with recruitments and, and whatnot.
5: They
7: have. So uh, you can you can date it back to their owner, who brought them back from St. Louis to Los Angeles. He then spent five and a half billion dollars to build this extraordinary stadium for them to play in, knowing that there was this Super Bowl date which they would be granted. So that the team is, I mean, it's almost destined to play in this game. And sport doesn't always allow a plan to come together in such a way. So it is a it's a huge moment for that team, for Los Angeles more broadly. And yes, it is to give you the the context is they have traded away all of their first-round draft picks across a seven-year stretch. So the last first-round draft pick they took was in 2016. The next one is due in 2024. They have used all of those picks to go and get established players for exactly this moment. So they do have... They have stars in a lot of places. They have pretty gritty experience also. And I think it's... um, it's an interesting study. You've got one team who's rebuilding in that way that we would recognise from home and one team who has targeted these established players and put them all into this team for this game. So, yes, they are all in. It doesn't mean if they don't win it, they'll disappear from the face of the earth. So uh, that, that's, that part of it I, I wouldn't agree with. But uh, this, is, this is it. There's, there is a, there's an element of creating their own destiny for what's about to transpire.
3: Super Bowl 56 is a massive show. My, I have teenage daughters, Jared. They're 14. they yeah, twin girls. So do
7: I. <laughs> they're,
3: they're, they're telling me about the halftime show. And, gee, haven't they yeah, put together yeah. a collection of LA's finest performers Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige? This is going to be outstanding. Yeah, yeah.
7: Gangster rap in Los Angeles. <laughs> so we'll have to wear our hats backwards, the- Jared. I know it doesn't quite suit me. I'm happy to say that, Jace. Um But part of the soundtrack of of LA is when you walk around the, the convertibles top down, rap music blaring out. So it, it is a it's a celebration of that. Uh, the last uh, a couple of years ago in uh, Miami, it was um, it was J Lo, and uh, it was. That, that was, I guess, possibly more to my musical taste and it was yep. spectacular. But <laughs> they talk about these halftime shows for years to come, so people will t- still tell you about the night that Prince played.
3: That was the greatest. And, uh,
7: yeah, so I think that's, that, that's genuinely acknowledged. Michael Jackson played one, which yep. obviously is a bit uh, conflicted when it's thought of now. There's a musical piece that was incredible. Uh, sometimes they're, they're poor, and that draws all manner of criticism and cautionary tale as well. So the city (laughs) tries to land something that matches um, matches the, the mood and the way of life here and, Yes, the, the the gangster rap that we're we're going to be uh, enjoying or subjected to, depending on your personal disposition,
8: will be quite something.
3: <laughs> we'll just turn our hats backwards and we'll hum
8: and we'll <laughs> pretend.
3: Well, I do I do know Eminem, so I'm very happy yeah, uh, yeah. that he's that he's performing, Jared. And of course, one of the greatest performances is your co-commentator Ben Graham, the last Aussie to play in a Super Bowl. I think he had Bruce Springsteen play the year he was in the Super yeah. Bowl. So there you go. This. Some big he, names. He Who's your tip,
5: that,
7: that, uh, uh, Ben Graham tells that story that at halftime, he walked out of the rooms and back out onto the field and sat on the bench right in front of the stage and watched the Bruce Springsteen concert that close. <laughs> so that's was, that was part of his experience. Look, I think the Rams will win for all the reasons that we've mentioned is um, building this team for this moment. Um, I'm totally open to the Bengals continuing this fairy tale run i think there's probably a risk as we know those grand finals every now and then where you go how did they get there and they didn't ultimately mm. belong in that last game it just couldn't take the final step i think there's a small risk that the the rams will blow the bengal's out but i think there'll be a lot of fun to be had along the way so um probably yeah, I'm totally open to the Bengals winning. I think it would be an incredible thing to witness. But being in Los Angeles, in that stadium, for their team, I think they're, they're heavy favourites, and I do expect that they would win.
3: Sadly, we're out of time. You can catch all the action from 9 o'clock Monday morning here on SCN. Jared Waitley, good luck with the call, and we look forward to hearing it.
7: Yeah, it'll be a huge experience. I can't wait to share it
3: with you. Cheers. Have a good afternoon. Enjoy your time in LA. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> This is Sports Central. Gee, we better get to a break. I can't wait for that game on Monday morning. Uh, This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN, SENQ and on the SEN app. Back in a moment. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday afternoon. You can get involved anytime. 0457 736 736 is our text number or 1300 01 1170. Scott Sattler uh, joining us soon as we... We are twenty-eight days away from the kickoff of the NRL season, Dan. You know that
1: twenty-eight days. I do. I'm looking forward to it. Not long at all.
3: Uh, and of course, we've got uh, we've got the All Stars tonight. Maori All Stars versus the Indigenous All Stars at Combank Stadium. Uh, you were telling me off the air what? How many tickets are sold?
1: Uh, I'm sure I heard about twenty-five thousand tickets. Of course, that's if, awesome. Yeah, I said to you the first uh, game played in Sydney, competitive game in Sydney with crowds since what? Early June, probably last year. So. I think people, everyone uh, in Sydney, at least, looking forward to it.
3: You know what? I, I I'm not in not in the mood yet, and mm. it's and I will be. I'll, I'll watch it tonight, and yep. I'll be like, "Bang! Right here we go. Footy's back. We're fine." But I just I think all the stuff that's been going on with cricket mm. at the moment, yep. and as a sports nut, I love, I absolutely love the Super Bowl. Mm. So that's once that's out of the way, and all the stuff that's been happening off the field mm. with cricket, I think has distracted me as a, a sports fan. So.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I think once we see it tonight, uh, we'll be ready for football to yeah, start again. Yeah, back
3: in. I can't wait for that game tonight. Uh eight ten uh, the men and five twenty this afternoon. The women uh, at Combank starting. Rodio mate, uh, sports update. You got anything for
1: us? Yeah, just an update. Uh, Victoria playing South Australia in the Sheffield Shield. Now, uh, Will Pekoski did not take his uh, place at the top of the order. Now, uh, Victoria released a statement a short while ago, and all they've said is Will Pekoski is unwell and currently being assessed by the team medical staff. We will provide an update on his availability to return to the match when available. Now, we know he's had all sorts of issues with concussion. We don't know if that is it or it's. Something else, but it's a little worrying, isn't it?
3: Yeah, oh, it is. I hope it's not concussion.
1: I hope it's something minor, maybe in a stomach bug or something. But yeah, yeah, let's oh,
3: let's, let's 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 hope that's the case Um because I just don't think he could cop another bout no. of concussion. We'll keep an eye um, on that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. We talked about this on Sports Day. Mm. I mean, I think he's been concussed about ten times.
1: Yeah. A easy? Lot.
3: Yeah. Probably uh, more than when that. When do you when do you and he's so young. Yep. He's so young. When do you go, listen, that's enough.
1: And he's got that's, so that. much talent as well, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah, but life is more important, right?
1: Yep, hundred percent. And just quickly as well, Jace, three A League games today. Wellington Phoenix up against Adelaide United at four fifty. Uh, then two games at seven forty five. Melbourne victory taking on the Newcastle Jets and Sydney FC will host Western United.
3: Uh, do you know who won that game the other night? I, I don't work Friday, so I, Who won on Thursday on night Thursday, between Central Coast uh, Mariners and MacArthur FC?
1: was 3 all between Central Coast and MacArthur. Jeez, that game. would have been a good game. Very good game.
3: That would have been an outstanding game. Righty, thanks for that, Dan. Thanks Keep up. us updated throughout the afternoon uh, with uh, more sports scores and, and what's coming up. Uh, this is Sports Central on 1170 SCN, SCNQ, and across the SCN app, Scotty Sattler. We're going to get into some rugby league news we'll find out which Australian player on debut got sent off in the Super League. That's all on the way. Welcome to the second big hour of Sports Central. Jason Matthews in the chair this afternoon. Dan on the buttons. I think we're going okay The Savo. Dan, uh, you can shoot us a text anytime you like. 0457 736 736. Or call us 1300. Uh, 0111 70. Still to come, Katie Brown. She's at Broncos trial this afternoon. Uh, they're taking on Wynnum. Uh, in Brisbane. So that's the only other trial that I'm aware of in the NRL. Uh, and, of course, you've got the uh, the Indigenous uh, versus Maori All-Stars tonight. Uh, Scotty Sattler will be jo- joining us in just a sec. Uh, Michelle Still from Channel 7. We'll look at today's action in Beijing. Another chance of a medal uh, later tonight, about 11 o'clock. Uh, I'll talk to Michelle about that, and she's pretty excited about this. Uh, Brooksy... The producer, the illustrious uh, producer from Joel and Fletch with the latest draft news in the NBA. G's some big news around Benny Simmons joining Brooklyn uh, where Paddy Mills is. So we'll have a chat to uh, Brooksy about that. Uh, Joel Kane will preview tonight's All-Stars game. And let's bring in Scott Sattler because during the week on Sports Day with myself, Scotty Sattler. Hello, mates. Hi, Jase. Um, thanks for dinner last night, mate. We had dinner last night, listener. And uh, Scott Sattler, of course, doesn't bring anything to drink and then drinks my, my red wine. So <laughs> th- thanks for doing that, Your bludger. It's
9: called a veteran. That's what it is.
3: <laughs> um, you you yeah, had amateur. a wonderful... Yeah, of course, we lost a couple of rugby league greats during the week and Johnny Raper and, and also um, Olson Filipina. And you on Wednesday had a wonderful chat with Bob McCarthy. Uh, about his memories of of Chook and um I'm gonna replay that chat a little later on this afternoon, mate. It gives me chills when I listen back to it. Just uh, about just listening to a legend like Bob McCarthy, mind you, he's got a hasn't he got a wonderful mind. Um and just his his memories of playing against and with Johnny Raper. It was amazing.
9: Yeah, yeah, you're right, Jason, um you know, they played an era that that um, took in the 50s and 60s and finished in 69 chuck and and uh, guys like Bobby McCarthy and you know my father and uh they formed a a great rivalry at St George and South side uh, over many many years and I remember my dad saying his favorite grand final that he won out of the four of them was 1971 because he finally beat the Dragons side in the 71 grand final but a lot of the a lot of the legends like your you know, like your your rapers and your Gazdies and they'd all finished by then um but chuck had such an amazing uh, impact, not only on rugby league, but most importantly, that dragon side. And um, you talked a lot of players that play against him, like your Bobby McCarthy's, And, and they always used to say that Gazny was great. Langlands was one of the greatest of all time. Billy Smith, one of the great halfbacks of all time. But if he could control Chook, he could control pretty much most of the Dragon side. He was the heartbeat of the side. He had so much great skill with the ball in his hand. He had a beautiful tackle technique and, and just had an engine that could go all day. And he was, you now he's not only famous for his on-field antics, but also his training ethic off the field. Um, you know the tra- the players back then, you, know, you see a lot of the a lot of the functional fitness training you see uh, in this day and age, where people are making millions of dollars out of it. They were doing it back in the '60s, and mm. Chuck was the leader of them all. Um, he was famous for having a big night on the turps. Uh, and, and then training, and then he'd pl- run ten ks wouldn't he? Yeah, so you yeah, know there, there were famous stories where they'd be playing the, the match of the round on Sunday and at the cricket ground and, and he'd be out all night and get home at 5 o'clock in the morning and he'd have a couple of hours sleep and then he'd go, and, he'd go for a 10k run and then go out and get him <laughs> out of the match and you'll hear Bobby McCarthy tell those stories a little bit
5: later on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
9: he has been cooked for a long time and we never want to see anyone, anyone uh, pass away, and especially his family, his beautiful family and and, uh, and his, his mum Carol and I know Aaron and Stu really well, his sons and... Um, but you know I think even if, if you spoke to to the family, they would say that as as sad as it is used to see uh see took, um leave uh he has been in a he's been uh, has been in a great state for a long time with dementia and and it's not the way that we you know we see our fathers growing up and uh, I suppose he's would be in a better place and again i I'm not going to ruin the interview if you haven't heard it with Bobby McCarthy, but he thinks that took may may not be joining some of those up in heaven. He may be joining
3: us somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a a very, very funny part of the interview, which um, I'm sure Trook would appreciate as well. Um, yeah, yeah, very good. That'll come up, uh, I think, uh, just before 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, and then, of course, you and I, mate, we started on air on Thursday night on Sports Day at 6 o'clock, and... We learnt that Olson Philippine had passed away at the age of of sixty four, uh, in Westmead Hospital, and and he was quite crook. And mate, that that rocked. I I don't know about you, but I don't know if you noticed that rocked me a little bit on on Thursday night. Two two greats of the evident, game. Right, so,
5: yeah, yeah I, it was
9: evident when I was with you, and you because we'd only spoken to him. You know, at the start of last year, about his book being released. And what a great yeah. book it is. If you're a listener out there that loves reading biographies, it's just called The Big O. It's an amazing story about a, an amazing man that had such a great impact on the game of rugby league overall. He was so humble off the field. It's fair to say that in his yeah, New South Wales rugby league career, back then it wasn't the NRL, with, no. with the, the Tigers and a year with East and then with, um, with North Sydney, that he wasn't the best week-to-week player. Um, and there were some coaches that didn't understand him because of his Polynesian background and he struggled with that. But the minute that he put on a, a black jersey, a uh, New, New Zealand jersey, he was, yeah, he was uh, his, as soon as he put his mouth guard in, he flicked like, a switch at the back of his, the back of his throat and, um, and he turned into an absolute animal. You know, just one of the, the real proud, uh, Kiwis or representative players we've ever seen in the game. So, you know, he's a he's a special man I, I suppose where he where he sits out amongst the others is that the effect that he had on the Polynesian community playing rugby league. You now back when back when Ulster was playing in the New South Wales rugby league, I think there was about just under one percent of the rugby league population was Polynesian. Now with the the statistics that were done last year and in relation to the NRL and, and junior rugby leagues it's it's over fifty percent Polynesian the game now, and, and Olsen Philippina was the real pioneer in relation, in relation to Polynesian players being identified and, and then creating a pathway to come to Sydney and, and, mm. and play rugby league. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's got a huge standing within the
3: game, mate. And, and he did face racism during the game, and he also nearly gave up at one stage. He rang his mum and. And I remember him saying this in the interview. He rang his mum, and his mum said, "You're not going anywhere. You stay there." And he goes, "That was it. There was no, yeah. there was no if or buts.' When mum said I had to stay in Sydney and make it work, that's when I knew I had to make it work." And he remained a, you know, a garbage, a garbologist, <laughs> up yep. until, until he passed away. And you know, he yeah. was, a, he was a, bat, he was a battler, wasn't he?
9: He, he was. And you know, I, I messaged our good friend. Steve Blocker Roach is over in Ireland at the moment, seeing his son um, and seeing his, his granddaughter, um, newly born granddaughter. And I, I was talking to him on just on social media, just on messaging, saying, "You know, sorry to hear about the big guy," because I know how close they were. And he said, I, "I'd learnt a couple of weeks ago that he'd been admitted for kidney failure into Westmead, and knew he was crook, but didn't anticipate this was going to be the outcome." So, yeah, you know, it's going to have a huge effect on a lot of people that were that were really close to the man. But yeah, especially the Polynesian community, um, yeah, you know, the the Maori community, the Samoan community, uh, who um, who really see him as a trailblazer.
3: Mm, no doubt he'll be honoured tonight in the NRL All Stars game at Combank Stadium. Just on that, should have Luttrell been in that um, Indigenous side tonight? No, I don't think he should have been.
9: Uh, a lot of people say that you know, with, you know, spiritually and because of the the culture and the you know, significance of the game that he should be allowed to play and I don't think he should be allowed to play in a charity shield game as well Jason and I don't mean that from a negative standpoint, it's more about protecting Luttrell I think because Luttrell plays with such passion and such aggression an aggression that I love and a passion that I love and and he's still got two weeks to serve and I think if you throw Latrell in a in any situation where he hasn't played rugby league for a long time and he may say to himself and the coaches may say, just ease yourself into the game. That's just not the way Latrell plays. He plays mm. at a breakneck speed. So to throw him into a charity shield game or a really emotional game that's really close to the soul of uh, both the Maori and, and Indi- Indigenous players in tonight's game, who knows what happens? Yeah, who knows that he carelessly may come in contact with the head of another player and he's two weeks all of a sudden to another four weeks.
3: But he needs to control that, that want- even just in the NRL week to week. You know, yeah, you it's, can't it's be worried about that. that
9: but it's easy to say that. It's really hard to do it when the adrenaline's pumping, you're in the game, you're being challenged. And, and he'll mature as a player, but I just I don't want to put him in a situation where where that two weeks could turn into four and we're, we're missing one of the best players in the game for the first three or four weeks of the competition. So to protect Luttrell, I don't want him playing charity. I don't want him playing the indigenous game tonight. I know it means a lot to him, but for me, it's about getting Luttrell on the field is... and if these games are seen as important as what they are, the representative game for the All Stars game and the Charity Shield game is televised has always been seen as a really important trial for the game, use those as two of his suspended games. And he starts the season fine. I think I think that is the best the best option for Lattrell I think it's the best option i protect him. So I want mm. to see the best field by Ram.
3: Oh, mate, I don't, I don't agree with you. I think with the All Stars, and we had a discussion about this during the week. I, I think we should have the best players available. Um, I don't think it should count as one of his suspended games. He should still do another two games when the season starts. But this is this is a promotion for the game, and and I think the best players available should be playing. If he's not injured, then he should be playing. And. I think we need to look at that because this is an advertisement for the game. It's an advertisement for culture within the game. And I I, I I, want to see the best players playing. It's a pre-season game. He should be allowed to play. It's not for premiership points. He should be allowed to play. But we'll move on. Yeah, this is
9: class <laughs> as a represent, this is class as a representative fixture, which is a really important part of the calendar. So, mm. um, yeah, you either, either, I know, think, I think they're the white two of his games at the Charity Shield and the and the Indigenous All-Stars game, uh, or they let him play either way, I, I want to see Latrell round one. And we're not going to see that because he's still got another game to serve. Um, I'd love to see him round one, game, mate. Two games to serve. Him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Sats, I'd mm-hmm. love to see him in that grand final last year. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I reckon you and I talk about this a lot. I reckon that was the difference between the two teams. 28 days till the comp starts. I see Calum Ponga's... Old oh, man Andre revealed in an interview with uh, News Corp, I think it was, that his son isn't going anywhere, so he's not leaving Newcastle, and he and he put it down to the great Joey Johns returning to Newcastle. What are your thoughts on that?
9: Yeah, no, I, I'm really glad to hear this, as if, if this is actually the case. You know, they've offered him the captaincy. He hasn't made a decision on that yet. I always thought if he accepted the captaincy, he's going to be there long term and take up those two options in his favour, 23 and 24. Um but it's great to see his dad, who is also his manager, come out and and say that that he's that he's um he's going to pitch his flag at Newcastle for an extended period. And I've got to say, really smart work by Newcastle because it is a chess game. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing, the decisions you make uh, invariably affect your future. And for them to offer him the captaincy, and see that's a one. It's we want you to mature into that role anyway, so we'll give it to you now, rather and wait. A couple of years, uh, a couple of years later, we need you to mature into that role of being a leader, and hopefully bring even better form out of him, out of K- 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 Kalen. But it's also a fire over the bow to say, well, we need to know whether you're committed to us for long term. And then bringing Joey Johns back as a coaching consultant, where I'm, I'm figuring that Joey wouldn't spend every day at Newcastle because he lives in Sydney, but he'd be up there maybe one or two days a week. But you know, to be able to position him alongside Kalen as well, it, it gives the ability for Kalen to, to really. And, and have mm. access to one of our greatest players of all time. So I've got to say from Newcastle, they're really fighting for their future by making really smart off-field decisions, which, which consciously uh, it's a method to their madness. And I think it's a great work by Adam O'Brien and, and Danny Badiris, their general manager. Yeah,
3: and if it is right, geez, it's nice to see some loyalty, isn't it, with Absolutely. players nowadays?
9: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not something we see a lot of, Sats. He's always been a really well-grounded kid. Kalen, uh, and you can tell that when he talks about the importance of his family and um, and how close he is to his family, a lot of decisions he makes are based around his family. And um, and if he does stay in Newcastle for those two years that are in his option, I I've, I've got to take my hat off to the kid for uh, showing something in the game that we don't see quite often these days. And and quite frankly, you can you can understand why players chase chase huge money, chase huge contracts. But at the end of the day. Calum's always going to be on seven figures
3: wherever he goes, so he's not missing out. Mm. Hey, mate, I've got a text here, oh four five 736, 736. Um, I'm going to blush a bit when I read this. G'day, boys. Just love that Woogie is on the Savo. How's that, eh? I wonder if my family have sent this through. Uh should be more of him in badge and sats. Fellas, can I ask if Chris Nelson has put in tips for Caulfield this arvo? My daughter is being hosted there and would love to give her a tip or two. Cheers, fellas. Murph in Coldstream. Well, he's one of our contributors on, on Sports Day. Thanks for the text, Murph. Murph, advice from so- Scott and I, you don't, you don't want Chris Nelson's tips. You, yes, we want do. your daughter You want your daughter to have a great afternoon and maybe put a couple of bucks in her pocket, not hand it over. I've got a tip, I've
9: got a tip for you. Oh, Ramsley no. Race Two, Race Two. I think it is called Law of Indices.
3: No, it's Race. Okay, listeners, it's it Race, race two? Six. It's race, race Six. Six, Law of Indices. And I've already given that as a tip because you and I got it from the horse. Basically, the horse's mouth.
9: Yeah. Well, the Did, horse can't didn't talk, but yeah, but someone very close to the horse. Absolutely. <laughs> is that class inside insider trading? I'm not quite sure.
3: No, it's not. No, no, okay. just, no. I don't, let's shut up, let's move on from this um, Dylan Napa made his debut in the Super League Sats, and I don't know, actually you have seen this on social media You actually sent it to me, have a listen to this audio oh,
5: Dylan Napa, big shot and oh,
10: Morgan Knowles didn't like that Percival didn't like that, and Dylan Napa could
11: be in trouble here He absolutely bends him in half Percival still down in back play and everybody
10: swarms towards Dylan Napa Dylan Napper bang on the head oh,
3: for Mark Percival and no wonder from that challenge Oh, he's in trouble he's in big trouble he's gone for this for me
6: Ooh, no, Clear no, contact no it with the head. worse every time you see
3: it he's going to see the judiciary panel quite a number of times this year
12: Make well, he's it. got a player the in the sin bin at the start of the game, and they've got a player red carded at the end of the game. On his debut, Morgan. Dylan
5: Napper is sent off for that challenge.
3: <laughs> How was that, Sats? He's going to see the tribunal a few times this year.
9: Oh. Yeah, you know what? With, with Dylan Napper, and for the listeners who haven't seen the footage yet, it, it resembles a tackle that um, that he was. Uh, criticised for a number of years ago, I think it was at Suncorp Stadium, where he comes just by his side or out, or out from his side, and he basically there's no there's no intent to wrap your arms around it. It's just about a shoulder to, to the head, and um, there's no attempt to try and bend his back. And, you yeah, know what, I've, I've, I've got no sympathy for Dylan, to be quite honest, because he got warned mm. years ago, and he had a lot of time to change his technique. He'd gone over there and thought, oh, it's not going to follow me. I can start again. And mm. I know as a front rower you want to try and intimidate and try and to, to stake a claim, but, you know, he hasn't learned. Dylan, he'll spend some time on the sideline, and he deserves it as well because he didn't attempt to bend his back, as I said. It was reckless. The only it was way, reckless. The, way, the, only, the only way he was always going to end up was going to be contact with him. Uh, it was reckless. And it was intentional. So I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he gets anywhere from five to eight weeks.
3: Yeah. Um, before we let you go, mate, just, um, and I know it's a big day for you today because it's your lovely wife, Beck's uh, birthday tomorrow. Is it? So and it's your anniversary. Sitting, birthday and anniversary in, I'm in I'm Sunday. I'm sitting
9: here now watching her in a restaurant sitting by herself at the table while I have to talk <laughs> to you. So
3: I reckon she'd be pretty happy. Before we let you go, hello, SCN. Olsen awesome played for my favourite team, North. I reckon. He should have played for Wes. Every time he put on a black jersey, he went So, Man of the match, just like Rod Reddy. He would be plucked from reserve grade to represent his country. That's from Redmond, true.
9: Mm. Yeah, no, he's great. He was a great great man, Alston and When we spoke to him, uh, that, that great interview we had with him last year in the launch of his book, he just tell, you can just tell he's a happy-go-lucky, big, happy-go-lucky guy that just appreciated every opportunity that he got. Mm.
3: Absolutely. All right, Sats. I'll let you go and have lunch with your lovely wife, Beck. Thanks for joining us on Sports Central, and Sats and I will be back Monday night from six on Sports Day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, mate. No worries. Thanks for we well, see you. See you, mate. There you go, Scotty Sattler, uh, on Sports Central. We better get to a break. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA uh, at the moment as well with uh, the draft. Oh, I'm look. I can't keep across it, but I tell you, the man who is all across it, he loves his NBA. Uh, Brooksy from Joel and Fletch joins us next on Sports Central here on SCN. Uh, We're catching up with Brooksy now to talk NBA here on Sports Central on SCN. Uh, Welcome to it. It's uh, Jason Matthews here this afternoon. Brooksy, when I play that music, I imagine you walking into a room dressed like Joe Burrows, the quarterback from the Cincinnati Bengals, all, all decked out in Gucci. Is that true? Is that how you're dressed for this segment today?
13: I can confirm that is incorrect. <laughs> I usually rock an old-school NBA jersey, really baggy shorts, um, and Nelly-like, um, what is it, a little uh, Band-Aid under the left eye. and um, a teardrop. A hat off the left right side. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. my yeah. 90s basketball chic uh, look.
3: Mate, you would have been cool prepped. You would have been proud of Jared Waitley and I talking about an hour ago about the halftime entertainment at the Super Bowl. Two old blokes Gosh. chatting about Eminem, Dr. Dre, uh, Mary J. Blige, and also Snoop
13: Dogg, Kendrick Lamar.
3: Oh, uh, is Kendrick Lamar before? okay? We'll see. I just said, Jared, just put your hat on backwards, mate, and just hum. I said people will think you're into it. Then he goes, "Yeah, not my cup of tea." Although he did I imagine who did he like, Dan? Who did he say? Uh, who was in my... Uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jared Waitley, who's calling the Super Bowl for SCN with Ben Graham, is a Jennifer Lopez fan.
13: What was his favourite song? Um, Jenny from the Block?
3: Oh, I reckon Let's Get Loud.
13: Love Don't Cost a Thing?
3: <laughs> See, I've run out of J-Lo songs now, mate. Listen, let's talk about the NBA yes, draft. Yes. Um Look all I can't get my head around it. You've sent me this link today and my head exploded. But I can I can say with confidence Ben Simmons is off to Brooklyn or he's probably there already. He's joining Patty Mills. Um, yeah. is this is this good for for Brooklyn? Has he can he restore his his reputation at Brooklyn?
13: Look, let's let's look at it from both teams, all right? So the Brooklyn, so they get Ben Simmons. They got Seth Curry a good shooter. Andre Drummond, backup center, old, older sort of vet center. Got a couple of draft picks in the deal. Um, they, they have the option of taking the Philly 2022 or 2023 pick. Philly get Harden and, a, and an old veteran, Paul Millsap. These two teams had a situation where they had players that didn't want to be there. So Brooklyn were playing a bit of hardball with Philly to try and get a bit more out of them which they did, I think they did really well in the deal because you're hearing now, Harden has got an expiring contract um, in the next season. So he has the ability to go unrestricted free agency. So they've sort of gone, look, we need... They've probably internally gone, we need to do this deal. Philly's like... Philly wants to get Harden because of the connection with Daryl Morey, their GM, who basically got Harden to Houston from Oklahoma originally. So I think they've swindled the Sixers quite well here because they've got Ben Simmons, who's a project, right? So he, obviously we've heard everything about Ben, what's happened. Um, they've also got a good shooter in Seth Curry. They've got two future draft picks. For someone, it sounds like he <laughs> was going to probably leave if they didn't do this deal. Philly get James Harden, who has seemed a bit volatile the last two teams he's been at in Houston and now the Nets. He's got one year left. I think Philly are like, okay, if we can put Harden with Embiid and got the pieces around them, maybe we can win. But they've got to go through the net too. So if Ben assimilates quite quickly with KD and Kyrie, they're actually going to probably go all right. They're falling down the ladder at the moment. They've lost 10 straight the net. So I think having a look at the ladder, I think all they need to do is to get into the top 10, right? They introduced this play-in series where, you, you, the top two teams of that bottom four will go and make the seventh and eighth seed, and mm. they're going to have a pretty interesting first round matchup if they are in that situation. So, yeah, I, I think that I think the Nets have done really well having read into the situation and the Harden's stance against Kyrie, or the, the situation where he wasn't really getting along with the Kyrie Irving situation, where he was only playing half the games and. Yeah I I think they've done really well and Philly Brooks you know in. what they've got James Harden they can give it a shake you know go now that they've traded him for basically Ben who wasn't playing they add him to the the roster and yeah I think they can start shooting up the ladder as well,
3: well How soon can we expect to see Ben Simmons playing for Brooklyn
13: oh, See I don't think he will play, like I don't think he can play like in the next couple of weeks like having cited mental health and you know he hasn't really been ready to to lace up the boots as such. Like, he's just been doing his own little workout. So, I think the Nets are going to just slowly build him in. You know what's great about it, too, Jace, That this could be a good thing for Australian basketball as well. Like, we haven't seen Ben play any big tournaments recently. Paddy's going to be there with him.
5: Mm. Uh, Will he be babysitting? Probably...
13: Yeah, well, yeah, but also, too, just, just get that connection going. You know, Paddy's probably got one or maybe he might get to the next Olympics, maybe not. He probably won't be as, he won't be the star that he's been in our previous, like since London. But at least he can sort of be there for Ben to sort of help him along, like be that veteran. Yeah. I think that's going to be his role. And I think that might have played a big part in getting him to the Nets too. So we might get a bit out of it. But yeah, for the Nets, I think they, their goal is to probably just ease him in know that they've got someone long-term because he did sign that big contract with Philly. So if it doesn't work out this year, they've still got Ben, a pre-season where they can get him working with KD. I reckon that two-man game, or well, the three-man game with Kyrie, Ben and, and KD is going to be awesome, regardless if he can shoot or not. He's yeah. going to be a big guy that can sort of do the pick and roll with um, KD nicely. He'll work with nicely with Kyrie as well. Kyrie won't be that, Ball handler that he's been previously, because they've got Ben now. Ben will probably p- push to that point guard role, mm. push Kyrie out as a shooting sort of off guard. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting process to see how he comes into the team and see if the Nets can actually win, start winning some games leading into the playoffs. Because if 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 he fits well and it, and it's all going to plan for the Nets, then. They're going to be. They're going to. They're going to have to. They're actually going to play away games throughout the playoffs if they don't get into that top six. So that's right, going to okay. be the interesting thing too. So they'll be playing teams that will have home court advantage in every series that they play. So they're making it a really hard run. But yeah, like I said, it could be could be a long term plan to get him in and and be be contenders for the next three four years.
3: Our text number is 0457 736, 736. Talking to Brooksy, who's the uh, the boss of Joel and Fletch. Good luck with that, by the way, uh, <laughs> for the run home on SCN. Mark sent a text saying he's a big fan of J Lo. Uh, not her music, but is she really in her fifties? Hey, uh, Brooksy, I want yeah. to <laughs> I go on to I want to go on to what you just mentioned about the Olympics, and yeah. I, I reckon Patty Mills could be an outside chance because remember it's only three years until our next. Olympic Games, I reckon he's going to be a really good influence on Ben Simmons uh, because at the moment Ben doesn't even want to play for Australia. I reckon. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Probably more than I reckon, but I'm hoping that Paddy yeah. Mills will have such a positive influence on Ben Simmons that he'll he'll want to play for Australia again.
13: How can he not though, Jace? Like he. Is... Well, I.
3: Why didn't he play at the Olymp- Why didn't he go to the Olympics? I mean, that would have oh,
13: been. No, no,
5: Oh, well, how I'm can he not be a Tattie positive be
13: influence? He'll ma- it, be a great influence. So, like that's the thing. I, I, I don't think if if Ben's not playing for Australia after let's let's say arguments say Paddy stays there, plays three years at the Nets, Ben's with him. He'll I, most definitely be odds on to be in that elite, in Paris with us, like with the team. You know, I hope like, so. If he's not, then there's definitely issues there with Basketball Australia, and he just doesn't want to represent Australia. Like. I, I, like, you've got the biggest advocate of um, playing international basketball, regardless of what country you play for, with Paddy Mills there. Like flag, like, flag bearer, like leader of that yeah. team, led them but to the all, first medal.
3: Brooks, he also has a pretty good relationship with Brian Gorgian. So it was it was a bit of a surprise to him as well that he didn't make himself available yeah. to play at the Olympics. And you know what? We I think we all said it prior to the Olympics, and in hindsight, you can double down on it it probably would have been the best thing for Ben Simmons and his mental health to be around that Australian team. Cause look what we saw on social media. Look at, look how close yeah. they were to win your first medal uh, at the Olympics as well in basketball. I reckon that could have only been, even if he didn't play, I, I, that could have been absolutely have been, wonderful for Ben Simmons, just being around those guys. Yeah. Yeah.
5: hundred
13: percent. I think, I think he, I think he missed, a, missed an opportunity there to probably put himself in good stead for this upcoming season by, by, like, because he chose not to play with Australia. like If he was there, I think he probably would have risen above what happened and probably mm. worked out a solution quicker Like because he'd had that success and the guys would have got around him. I don't know. Like I, I hope it works out. Like, my, my attitude towards Ben has changed over the last 12 months, and it's disappointing because I loved when he got drafted. I loved what he was doing at LSU before that. Like, just went to a couple of games in Philly and just saw how everyone had, lo- like, loved him. Like, they loved him because he was the number one pick and he was part mm-hmm. of this trust the process thing that Sam Hinky, the previous G or two previous GMs before Maury, who's there now, like, sort of, Initiated in terms of drafting Embiid and drafting Simmons and getting these these young talents to start the new era in Philly, and you know the Philly are one of the one of the craziest fan bases in the NBA, and they've just turned on him massively because they demand success after what they've gone through, and mm. he's just I think it's it's played a massive part, and I hope that he can get back to that that fan like the fan the fans will embrace him in Brooklyn, no doubt. Like he's young. He's a good looking guy, he plays good basketball, like he's he's athletic, I think he's gonna fit in well. And I hope for him and and for us, like as, as Australian basketball fans, that he does like see this as an opportunity of redemption in terms of, you know what, I am really good and and Doc and Joel like I had really bad relationship with them and I fell out with the Philly fan base and everything. But I I'm gonna get booed when I go to Philly. But I'm going, to, I'm going to mature now and I'm going to look ahead and I'm going to start winning some championships and then young Australians can look at me as the next Paddy Mills and hopefully lead, up, lead us to a silver and a gold in future Olympics mm. and World Cups.
3: God, you're inspiring. I've got oh. I've, the hairs on my arms are standing up. Mate, I've been, I'm being given the wind-up by Dan we've got to wrap this up. Um, We haven't even scratched the surface on half the stuff, the stuff we talk about on the phone during the week. You know what I want to do next week? Can I talk to you about the method behind teams tanking to get NL draft, get the NBA draft choices. Can I talk to you about that and who's likely to be doing that? Can
5: we we do that next week?
13: We'll look at the other trades. We'll look at some of the other trades that have happened this week and look into that because it is intriguing, right? And, you know what was interesting too, Jay. I'll quickly do it. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, I wasn't inspiring enough to get the wind up. <laughs> but there's a doco coming out on Stan that's called Show Me the Money. It's about the AFL trade period. So this is going to be interesting
5: because
13: AFL is sort of the only league in Australia that does the trades like they do in the States. So
5: yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting
13: to see how that's perceived with the agents and the players getting moved because it's something that, you know, with Terry Hill. Was the case that sort of stopped it in the NRL back in ninety three or whenever it was? Yeah, it's yep. so interesting to see what Australian sports fans see in that docco. And yeah, we can talk about the trades and work like talk about tanking next That'd week. Be good. Because it is an interesting part of professional sports, isn't it? To, yeah, to it certainly is.
3: I'm not a fan of it, but I'll talk to you more about it next week. Brooksy, appreciate it, That's mate. Love talking to you about the NBA. You you actually I feel like I'm, I'm smarter when we've chatted, and, I, and it grows my interest in the sport. Thanks for your time on Sports Central, the Savo.
13: Anytime, Jay. Have a good one.
3: Cheers, mate. There goes uh, Brooksy, the producer of uh, Joel and Fletch. Actually, Joel Kane will be joining me later on this afternoon. We've got to go to a break. Katie Brown, uh, she's in Brisbane. She's at the Broncos trial this afternoon. We'll have a chat to her about that and what's happening in women's sport next here on Sports Central. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews in the chair till 4 o'clock this afternoon. You can get involved any time. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our phone number, or you can shoot us a text, 0457-736-736. Had um, Sats on, Scotty Sattler on before, and um, we went out for dinner last night. He drank all my wine. Didn't bring any, of course. And now he's out for lunch again with his missus. Well, it's their... It's her birthday and Valentine's Day on the same day. So I think it's her birthday lunch today. But Mark says, how about life for sats? Eat out in restaurants. Dinner last night, restaurant lunch day. I know. It's, it's lifestyles of the rich and famous, Mark. I, I I don't understand it, but, you know, some of us have to work and he's out all the time. Hey, coming up after 2 o'clock, we are, I spoke with um, uh, Andrew McDonald, the uh, interim coach of the Australian cricket team. We'll have a, another listen to that uh, just after 2 o'clock this afternoon. Of course, the Aussies last night had a great win against Sri Lanka, uh, defending 9 for 149. They bowled, oh, didn't bowl them out, but uh, Sri Lanka made 122 um, after 19 overs because we had a, uh, a bit of a shower last night at the SCG. Uh, Josh Hazel would return from not playing much cricket. In fact, I think he only played the first test, didn't he, and missed the rest Uh, He came back and took four for 12. Um, He was unplayable last night in that T20. Uh, And Adam Zampa, who I believe was Australia's best player amongst many, but I think he was Australia's best player uh, at the World Cup. He took three for 18 last night. His bowling's outstanding. And I'll I'll ask Andrew McDonald about that as well. I'll say, listen, can he play a longer form game? Is he, you know, why don't we see Zampa? at uh, in test matches. So we'll have a have a um another chat to Andrew McDonald's just after two o'clock uh this afternoon. Um what else? Oh spoke to uh Jared Waitley as well who's over in Los Angeles and he's calling the Super Bowl for SCN on Monday morning and we we're talking about the halftime show and I'm gonna bring Katie Brown in on this very shortly as well. It's got the who else is in there? There's uh there's Snoop Dogg, there's Mary J. Blige, there's Dr. Dre, uh, I think a little bit too old for Jared uh, Whateley and I. My favourite, maybe you've got one as well, my favourite performance at Super Bowl was this man, Prince. Now, I think it was in Atlanta. And I remember they had a massive storm and the, the producers of the halftime show said, Mr Prince, we've got thunderstorms, lightning happening. Are you sure you still want to perform? And Prince said, I saw this in a documentary, he said, make it rain harder. Have a listen to this. Super Bowl history. Katie Brown, she'll have a hat on backwards Monday morning for Eminem, Dre, Mary J Blige, and I think I left someone else. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Katie Brown. Hello. Welcome to Sports Central.
8: And you also miss Kendrick Lamar. And also, are you kidding? Eminem is not too old. I can't no, believe no. you even said that.
3: I like Eminem. I do like Eminem. Uh, Dr. Dre, if I, was, if, if I was Dre, I wouldn't even be, well, first of all, he's not a doctor. But secondly, I wouldn't be performing anymore. I mean, he's got, he's got a billion <laughs> bucks in the bank thanks to Apple with those beats.
8: Yeah, but he can get a billion more, so why not?
3: Yeah, good point. Greetings. Uh, You're in in Brizzy, uh, my good friend Katie Brown. Uh, You're in Brizzy at the moment. Um, Of course, you do some work up there for for Channel 7, and you also heard Fridays at lunchtime on SCN. Uh, You're at the Broncos trial match, which kicks off at, is it 5 o'clock this afternoon against Wynnum? 4. Don't
8: be an hour late. You're supposed to meet me at (laughs) 4.
3: Mate, are we expecting to see Adam Reynolds play any part in this game at all?
8: No, he'll be on the sideline. He's not He's not getting a run. Franco Lee will be out there. The big one, Tamari Martin. Tamari Martin gets a run. First time in almost three years after he's recovered from that brain injury. So it's going to be huge.
3: That's a great story. Um, you also, I wanted to talk to you about uh, some women in sport and some sports around. Uh, women, of course, we've got the All-Stars tonight kicking off at 20 past five. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that game and the men's, which will be on at 10 past eight uh, tonight. I, I, Katie, I want to ask you this question. Question without notice. Are you a fan of having the women's game on the same bill as the men? Or do you prefer it as a standalone performance, like, like State of Origin?
8: No, I, I don't mind All-Stars being back-to-back. I like a doubleheader. I, I, and we sort of know that it's more of a curtain-raiser to the main event, which is unfortunately that's the case at the moment. But I like that their language is doubleheader. And realistically, when you have the men's game on afterwards, there's going to be people who haven't watched the women yet who come early and get to see it and actually go, oh, that's pretty good. I should not mm. miss it. And change the attitude, and you get more fans. And then we work towards having those standalone events, which we will see in NRLW and State of Origin, like we already are.
3: Um, yeah, no, that's a fair call. And you're not a fan of State of Origin being played as a, a, a double, a double event.
8: So I, I was actually, I didn't mind the idea, um, but then listening to the women's playing group, they were like, we need to start somewhere to deliver a product of our own. And State of Origin is the best product. We know that in the men's as well. So they said, well, let's start at a smaller venue. And after they went out on a limb and did the, um, the North Sydney Oval a few years back, it was unreal. And the feedback was just sensational. There were so many young boys and girls, as well as older people too, like, you know, you and I. Um, enjoying that, so then they thought, all right, well, we're going to continue to have this standalone because we know that we can do it and get a crowd.
3: Mm. I got this. I got this tweet from you as well today uh, on my message. Well, there's two. There's one. There's a naked guy, or half naked guy. <laughs> I don't know. Were you meant to send that to me or to one of your girlfriends? Uh, but, no, also from- <laughs> <laughs> but also one from. But uh, also Janetta Quinn Bates. Uh, Wanting clarification whether you need to be Indigenous to play Indigenous All-Stars. What's this about, Katie?
8: Yeah, this is super controversial. And I probably need to put it out there. I am non-Indigenous. So then straight away people are like, oh, well, here's another non-Indigenous person weighing in on an Indigenous issue. But for perspective, uh, last week when the All-Stars women's team was announced, Kira Dib was named. Now, Kira Dibb um, has found out that she has Indigenous heritage, her father found out. So they've been actually researching their Indigenous past. Um, the NRL have been helping her for the last four years as well in this, uh, only to be named, and she doesn't know who her mob are. So she could assume that she is Central Coast and go with that local mob, but she doesn't know 100%, so she's not willing to say that.
5: Right. And
8: now on social media these Indigenous people are calling her out and bullying her, saying that she shouldn't be picked in a team because she doesn't know who her mob are. Now, I find this so incredibly sad that somebody who doesn't know who their mob are because of the stolen generation, this is the Indigenous history, which is so sad that mm. they're not trying to help her. They're just trying to tear her down. What does she win by lying about her Indigenous background? Absolutely nothing. So why would
3: she lie about it? It doesn't seem to make sense, does it? So, uh, no. interesting. Well, will watch Very this space. On, well, watch this space on that, Katie. I'm getting the wind up from Dan. Dan's ruining all my discussions, aren't you, Dan? With all of my friends this afternoon on air. This is the second one now. We have to pay the bills, Jess. Oh, <laughs> hear that, Katie? We've got to go. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, uh, enjoy that Broncos. Um, uh, trial this afternoon. It's the only other trial going on that I, I can see around Australia as well. So, uh, the yep. Broncos versus winning this afternoon. Where is that game for our SENQ listeners? Cougar Eye Oval, 4 o'clock Queensland, 5
8: o'clock New South Wales.
3: Beautiful. And Katie Brown will be there signing autographs as well. So, she's got a little tent oh! set up. Is that true? Oh, that's what I heard anyway. So uh, I'll talk to you about that <laughs> no, half... I'll talk talk to you about that half-naked photo you sent me as well. I don't get that. I'm trying to delete it from my phone. Thanks, Katie. Uh, And we look forward to listening to you next next Friday at 12 o'clock. She's crazy, that girl. She's just full of energy. Is she still on the phone? Please don't tell me she's still there.
1: Yeah, she's still there. We have to go to a break. Oh,
3: God. Okay, we've got to go to a break. This is Sports Central on SCN. Back shortly with a sports update. Jason Matthews here for your Sunday afternoon. Some breaking news, Dan.
1: Yeah, I mentioned Will Bukowski uh, last hour. Cricket Victoria has just released a statement saying that Victoria has activated the concussion substitute on day four of its Sheffield Shield match against South Australia at Adelaide Oval. Uh, Will Bukowski has been uh, replaced by Travis Dean. Bukowski reporting concussion symptoms to medical staff while fielding in the first session of play this morning. Uh, apparently uh, concussed earlier on in a training session. So really bad news there, Jace.
3: So, sorry, he was concussed today in a training session and then was feeling the ill effects of that in the field.
1: Yep, seems like that's the case. We'll hear more about it next time. Oh,
3: boy. Oh, boy. We'll talk to Bharat Sundarazan, who's at the ground shortly. Uh, And also, we'll just uh, replay our chat with Andrew McDonald earlier, the interim coach of the Australian cricket team. This is Sports Central on 1170. SEN, uh, also SENQ and across the SEN app. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to it. The third – is this the third big hour? Yes, it is. Uh, Jason Matthews here this afternoon. The afternoon is just absolutely flying. We've got some breaking news out of Victoria. Uh, Will Pekofsky has been retired out of a, a match uh, due to concussion. Uh, from what we can find out at the moment, he, he suffered a, an incident before play, and then when he was fielding this afternoon – um, he was feeling the effects of concussion. Now, uh, bar at Sundaraisen is at the ground in Victoria. We'll catch up with him real soon to get the lowdown on that. And I just, you know, spare a thought for Will Pekoski. I hope he's okay, but you know, you start to, we talked about it earlier. We start to worry about him. I think he's at about 10 or 11, uh, concussions. And at what stage do you say, listen, life's more important. And, Yeah, let's hope he's okay. Let's hope Will Bukowski, such a talented young cricketer as well. And, you know, to continually go through this, um, it it must be absolutely heartbreaking for everybody involved. So we'll catch up with Barat real soon. Chris Nelson, he gave us some tips earlier today. uh, Gamble responsibly. He's two from two. I don't even know if we should get him back on the air because why ruin this streak that he's, that he's on. He'll join us uh, real soon as well. Plenty uh, more to come. We'll catch up with Michelle Steele from Channel 7 uh, on the Winter Olympics. Some big stuff happening uh, tonight in the Women's Skeleton Final. Could we pick up uh, another medal? Jacqueline Narricot is going for gold tonight. We'll chat to Michelle about that. Earlier though, this afternoon, um, we had a phone call from Andrew McDonald, who's the interim head coach of the Australian cricket team. He phoned in, and this is what he had to say.
4: Thanks for having us, Jason.
3: Now, mate, a good win. How impressive was Josh Hazelwood? I mean, when was the last time Josh Hazelwood played any cricket? I mean, his performance last night, 4 for 12, but also Adam Zampa, who I thought was the player of, of our team in the World Cup. He just continues to roll on. P- great performances by those two last
4: night. Yeah, fantastic performances by those um, two in particular, and I think they've really had a a great 12 months in particular in in this format. Obviously, um, Josh Josh hasn't played a lot of T20 for Australia. Um, That's purely because he's test demands. And as you mentioned, he's coming off a side injury that ruled him out of the the last four test matches of the Ashes. So it's been an incredible gap for him. So to come out um, and have that performance first up, uh, full credit to him and, and the way he's prepared and, Adam Zampa. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think he was um, yeah, close to being our, our best player in the World Cup, and um, he just continues to go f- from strength to strength. And um, he just keeps improving his variations, his control, um, his read of the game. Um, yeah, he's, he's in a, a nice sweet spot in his career.
3: Andrew, would someone like Adam Zampa be able to take that into the long form of uh, of cricket uh, Test matches? Is that or was he? he's he's only good at that white ball cricket can he take that variation i i'm i'm surprised he hasn't played many tests could you see him playing tests in the future
4: i think he can never discount anyone um it's really just the opportunity for him to play a lot of first class cricket the the white ball players don't get access at first class cricket and and there's a couple of good spinners in front of him in the red ball format and um nathan Lyon and and mitchell swebs and so I think, yeah, he'd, ha- he'd have to put some performances on the board in, in those sort of longer form-, form of the game, and it's, it's where he sort of gets, um, I suppose, opportunity with that. But, um, yeah, you never say never. And, and the way he's bowling, um, yeah, you could see it looking uh, pretty handy in a Red ball game, but uh, as I said at the moment, there's a couple of handy ones in front of him, and not to mention Ash Nagar who's been picked on the, the recent tour of Pakistan.
3: Um, ben McDermott, great to see him at-, at the top of the order last night. Normally gets his crack around the the middle of the order. you keen, you keen to keep him at the top of the order?
4: Yeah, at the moment, we've got a small opportunity there with David Warner uh, not playing, um, getting himself ready ready for Pakistan. Um, so there's an opportunity there um, for, for him to play at the top of the order. It's probably where he's um, played his best cricket for the Hobart Hurricanes over a period of time. So um, sometimes when you come into the Australian team, you've got to fit in and around, and you know, he's been in the middle order at times and, and probably not a role suited to him. But I, I think he's really happy at the top of the order. Um, so we can see him, yeah, depending on who's available and who's not, um, you know, heading towards the World Cup, um, fulfilling that that role, of the sort of, you know, somewhere in the top three.
3: Josh Inglis last night, it was a short stay at the crease, but, geez, it was
4: entertaining. Yeah, it was great to see a first gamer um, come in and sort of play the way that we know he can play. Um, it takes a lot of sort of courage to be able to do that walk out there at <laughs> international level and... <laughs> and uh, transfer your game from domestic level uh, onto the big stage. So, yeah, we're really encouraged by that performance. Um, we you know, we, we obviously took him to the World Cup in the squad there, so we know what he can do. But, yeah, he got his opportunity and his debut last night, so we look forward to what that career looks like um, as it unfolds.
3: Now, we know we haven't got a lot of time because you've got training shortly with the boys. Um, can you remember a time... In Australian cricket, that we've had so much depth depth in batting and bowling. Normally, it's one or one or the other, but at the moment, we seem to have a lot of depth in batting and bowling. Andrew,
4: yeah, I think that sort of comes through a little bit of exposure. We saw during the Ashes that you know, a couple of our bowlers got um, injured, and then Patty Cummins. Had the the COVID scare, um so that just created gaps for for those domestic players to come through, and I think it's full credit to the domestic system. Really, it sort of sometimes gets critiqued harsher than than probably what it should, and and we've seen that it's preparing players for the for the next level. And um, yeah, as you said, it's great to see people acknowledging that depth. And I suppose the more opportunity we give to those guys from domestic level, they'll show how good they are. And with the way that the future tours program is, there's you know it's near impossible for players to play the whole time. Um so there's mm-hmm. gonna be some some opportunities there and it's great to see people taking those.
3: Andrew, what's your um I've got to ask you this question. What's your position on the full time coaching role? Aaron Finch is backing you and Pat Cummins wants a more collaborative coach. Uh, have you had time to have a think about this and and are you keen on the role?
4: I, I haven't had time to think about it, sort of whisked into the um the interim role and I suppose it's for Craig Australia to, to understand what they're looking for in that head coach and, and roll that out and and then obviously they'll run the process which they they do and that will be no doubt thorough. Um and then yeah, as I said, once once the details of that emerge then you can start to make a position as to, to whether it suits um, you know, what you are expecting out of a role and, you know, the demands of it. And, you know, JL has commented over time that it is a very demanding role to do all, all three formats um for the whole whole year round. So uh, I'm not sure what their thoughts are, but yeah, I'll, I'll look on with interest to see where they land on that.
3: And the tour of Pakistan. Been reports that some of the players uh, have concerns, which is totally understandable for for their safety. And I, it'd be certainly nervous heading over there. I, I could tell you that much. Has there been much discussion uh, in the change room from the players and, and the staff?
4: Not really. I think that the way that Cricket Australia have sort of tabled the information to us, they've taken us on the journey around security and COVID and what it looks like over there. So. I think that's alleviated a lot of the stresses and, and, and doubts of to the tour. And, and that's probably indicated by the fact that we've, we've pretty much got everyone available for that tour. Um, so that's a great sign um, that, that everyone's you know more comfortable than probably what they were a few months ago. So there hasn't been a lot of discussion around that. There's been a lot of discussion around the opportunity in Pakistan and looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be an incredibly tough tour. We know that. Um, we haven't been there since 1998. Um, and we're not sure what to expect um, just because we aren't familiar with those conditions. So um, we look forward to the opportunity um, and, and see what, see what that, that test brings to us as a group.
3: And, and quite rare too. Australia hasn't been overseas, hasn't played a, a series overseas uh, test. that is. I think it was, what, October 2019. So uh, it, it must, must be a good feeling to, to get out of the country and actually head overseas for a change.
4: Yeah, I think it might have even been the Ashes series from, from memory. So it's been a, yeah, a wow. long time. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. So, yeah, we look forward to that. And obviously COVID has had a fair say in that. Um, mm. So it's rare that you probably get these gaps. But, yeah, as you said, yeah, we're looking forward to the, the tour overseas as a, as a test match team and looking forward to the okay. challenges ahead. It's a, it's an interesting sort of 12 months ahead with um, Pakistan and um, Sri Lanka. So we're going to get tested in, in conditions that are foreign. But um, we feel as though we've got the capabilities to, to make a good fist of it. Andrew,
3: it's good to be talking about cricket on the field rather than off the field now. The second game tomorrow night at the SCG, taking on Sri Lanka again. Best of luck with that game, and thanks for joining us on Sports Central. Right, yeah, there you have it. Uh, Andrew McDonald, the interim uh, head coach of the Australian cricket team, joined me earlier on Sports Central. Uh, A couple of interesting things out of that. Um, You'll certainly have a look at the coaching role. And that the Tour of Pakistan... Yep, uh, after what's been explained to them by Cricket Australia, they're all in, which is a very interesting indeed. There's some breaking news, some sad breaking news in cricket this afternoon, and we want to get to the bottom of this. And it's a re. Uh, Will Bukowski's been subbed out of a game for Victoria uh, due to concussion. Uh, Barrett Sundaraisen is actually at the ground in Victoria. Barrett, uh, thanks for joining us on Sports Central.
11: Uh yeah, no t- thanks for having me Jason yeah I was I hope I was joining you with something more positive but yeah just one of those things.
3: But mate, what, what happened? What in warm up this morning? Did he get hit again? Is that is that what happened?
11: Uh, that's what we've learned. I mean, uh, he did come out to field, so uh, nobody witnessed uh, the incident itself. So we still don't know whether it was while he was batting in the nets or whether he was hit in the, on the head while during fielding drills. Uh, we don't know. So he did come out to field uh, with the Victorian team uh, as South Australia resumed their second innings. Uh, he fielded the first two balls. He was at mid on, and now he just bent down and picked the ball up. But uh, you could see in the background as the third ball was bowled and it was just played away toward mid wicket, he just like bent down, like, you know, he was just holding his knees, and immediately he wanted to go off. Uh, and he wasn't seen after, yeah, and then it was only when Nick Maddinson walked out to open the innings with uh, Marcus Harris that you, you, you know, everybody here started wondering, like, what had happened to Will, and you feared, feared the worst, and yeah, and then I was just uh, trying to find out what was happening around the dugout, and I uh, saw Sean Graff and Will Pekowski uh, leave, and that's when we found out that, yeah, this had happened, and he's uh, returning to Melbourne.
3: Is he just extremely unlucky or is there an issue with, with, with technique? What are your thoughts, Barrett? Because this is just incredible. He's such a talented young man, but he, he just keeps copying these setbacks with concussion.
11: Yeah, I know. And, and they did bowl shot to him, understandably in the first innings. And he looked completely at ease, uh, uh, you know, except I think one ball that hit his hand, uh, he was just playing his full shots very, very competently. So, I don't know whether it's a technical thing, but I mean, you can't deny the fact that he's just extremely unfortunate. I mean, uh, you go back to last year when he did finally make his test debut uh, and then you know, he dislocates his shoulder while just diving for a ball and he's out for six months. So uh, it, it it could be a bit of technique, but you can't just rule out the fact that, I don't know, I mean, I've don't I, don't, I I've not met any cricketer with such bad luck as Will Korkoski, unfortunately. Yeah,
3: and what, what is it now? Is it double figures? The amount of times he's suffered from concussion now? Is it, is it something crazy like that?
11: Yeah, it is. Unofficially, this is the 11th time he's suffered a concussion well, there you because go. if you remember, he was hit uh, during practice in October. Uh, that was uh, recorded as the 10th concussion, and that led to him missing out on the first half of the Sheffield Shield season. And this was his uh, much publicized uh, comeback. And he's such a popular cricketer, he's a lovely guy a wonderful batter it's just so sad that this keeps happening well i'll tell you what
3: there's got to be there's got to come a time and let's hope he's okay but there's got to come a time where you go listen life's more important than than sports and i hope he's not having those discussions yet i, I hope he's okay and i hope it's a minor thing mm-hmm. but you know you just got to you just got to start to weigh things up don't you Barrett? and go listen life is just way more important than 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 playing cricket
11: absolutely and he's just 24 when you think about it uh, he's yeah, not yeah. like a grizzled veteran who's 35 and he's seen it all so his his career is any in many ways is ahead of him uh and you know already in the little time he's played uh, he's done everything you'd expect from a prodigious talent uh and yeah but you have to put everything into perspective and uh, how many more times can he be put in this position it can't be easy for him and he's battled with mental health and he's been extremely brave and uh, extremely courageous and come out and spoken about it in the past uh, uh, in such mature fashion and we saw him during uh, the BBL doing commentary he the, how yeah good I mean, was like he? i said such a, he was brilliant yeah there's the he is a cricket nuffy. There's so, so, so much <laughs> to like about him as a person and as a cricketer. And that's what makes this even even harder to swallow. Every time you know you witness it, this was the comeback. Like I said, he uh, it looked inevitable that he would make a 100 in the first inning. He wasn't very happy with the dis- decision when he was given out. But you felt this was set up for him. Victoria chasing 300-odd mm-hmm. in 91 overs. You're looking forward to seeing Will Pakovsky, But, well, yeah, it won't be.
3: I think it's going to be a pretty slow afternoon. Adelaide Oval. Sorry, I did mention before it was in Victoria. It's not. It's Adelaide Oval. Uh, An updated score on that. Victoria 3 for 52. Still needing 264 runs to win. I reckon they'll just be playing for the draw now, wouldn't you think, Barrett?
11: Yeah, I mean, even from the way they started, you could uh, make out that uh, it it is a tall order. It's a pretty flat pitch, to be honest. The ball hasn't done much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, they have they have shut shop pretty early, especially after they lost both Madison and Marcus Harris within the first, first five or six overs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, whatever happens, I mean, the Redbacks are looking for a win after a long, long time. Everything will be overshadowed by the fact that, you know, Phil name on the famous Adelaide Oval scoreboard has been replaced by Travis Dean.
3: Who will be batting at number six? He's next in. Uh, by the way, Barrett. Uh, question without notice. What did you think of Australia's performance last night in the first T Twenty?
11: Um, uh, they bowled like world champions. Maybe it didn't bat like world champions, <laughs> but it did. You know, but with the rain and everything around, maybe uh, you know that had something to do with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Josh Hazelwood and Adam Zampa—they uh, couldn't have timed uh, it better. Uh, the IPL auction starts in a few hours, and anyway, they would be. Uh, you know, gunning for big prize money, uh, but just just to send a right reminder at the right time. What about
3: Mitch Stark? He he's missing out on a a possible big payday by not putting himself up for for the IPL. What are your thoughts on that?
11: No, I mean, just tells you a lot about. Uh, we spoke about perspective and priorities earlier, and clearly, mm. family is Mitchell Stark's priority. And uh, it, it's been amazing just to see how much time he spent with the. Uh, with his wife, and like you know, as a result, with the women's team, I saw him at the Gold Coast uh, when Australia played India in that women's test, uh, and he was, you know, he was a part of every practice session. He was doing everything you'd expect from mm. from a, a member of the coaching staff. And again, he was uh, there cheering the uh, Aussies on uh, in Canberra a couple of weeks back when uh, the uh, women's Ashes test was played. So uh, now that makes sense. He, they don't get to see each other too much because of their hectic careers. And uh, he's both of both have spoken in the past about how this IPL period being the only time when they have some off time. So now, I mean, it's incredible. And like, yes, you're right. He would, he would go for a lot of money uh, if he did put his name up, but uh, tells you what a wonderful family manning is.
3: He's potentially cost himself about 10 million bucks over the years. I know family's important, but 10 million bucks is important as well, and I, I'd be—I I'd tell you what—I'd be bloody torn. Um, and I, I don't know if you heard the comments from Andrew McDonald just before the tour of Pakistan. Uh, mm. uh, the concerns that the players and staff had—it it looks like it's—it's it's all been sorted out by Cricket Australia, which is great news.
11: Oh, that's incredible news. Yeah, uh, and I think in addition to the the you know the security issues, uh, another thing that would have maybe worried uh, a lot of the Australian cricketers is is the hectic calendar they have ahead of them you know, the Pakistan tour ends with the IPL and then there's a tour of Sri Lanka and then the T20 World Cup's not too far and then Mm. the home summer begins. Uh, So I think that might have been playing on their mind as well, but it's so good to see a full-strength test squad uh, being announced and, like, from what Andrew McDonald said, like, everybody's ready to uh, go there and and create history Uh, so many years later. It'll be a fascinating series.
3: First tour out of the country for the Australian cricket team since the Ashes in 2019?
11: <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was on that tour in 2019 uh, covering the Ashes. It does feel like a long time ago. Uh, oh, and so much has happened uh, since the world has changed. Uh, yep. and some of the other countries have uh, have made five, six, seven tours since then. So uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see uh, the, some of the Aussie Test players who haven't played overseas. Manus Labushen for one. Uh, he's climbed to number one in the, in the rankings, and deservedly so, but uh, he, he's only played tests in the UAE and England, so he would be looking forward to playing uh, or facing the challenges of Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India. And that will be his real test as well. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, That will see whether he is deservedly that number one, like I said.
3: Radio, uh, Barrett Sunderaz, we appreciate your time on Sports Central this afternoon. And everyone, a, uh, just spare a thought for Will Pekoski, who's been subbed out of the Victorian versus South Australia game with concussion again. We believe an incident before play today. Maybe doing some fielding drills. Uh, our prayers and thoughts, every possible good bit of energy, going towards Will Pekoski this afternoon. Barrett, thanks for your time.
11: Thank you so much, Ed, and thank
3: you, homie. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Barrett there, who does a lot of work with us here at SEN, uh, is one of the best cricketing journalists in the business. Appreciate him joining us. We better get to a break. This is Sports Central on 1170 seventy SEN, SENQ, and on the app on SCN Fanatic. When we come back, the man is on a hot streak. Gamble responsibly. The man is on a hot streak. Chris Nelson joins us with some more tips for this afternoon's racing here on SEN. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here this afternoon. What is a busy, busy show? I'm trying to have a, a punt and I'm trying to watch sports. There's so much going on, Dan. Mark from Prairie Woods just shot us uh, through a text just on Will Pekoski. Is it possible there's just something wrong with his head and brain and knock just gives him concussion symptoms? Yeah, I'm not sure, Mark, but fingers crossed he's, he's okay after suffering uh, uh, another concussion today. Uh, in the warm-up to Victoria taking on South Australia the last day of that shield clash. out, this man's uh, in hot, red-hot form. Chris Nelson uh, is joining us again now on Sports Central. Two from two so far, Nelson. Should we just call it quits and say goodnight?
6: Yep, see ya. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mate, well done. Couple of good winners. Uh, remember to gamble responsibly. We actually had one of our listeners text in say, my daughter's at the races in Caulfield. Has Chris Nelson got any tips for her? We suggested no, yeah. keep your money.
6: <laughs> oh, you have. Have you got one for Caulfield yeah. or Sava or not? Yeah, I have. And it comes up in race five, which is the one after the one I'm about to jump now. Uh, number six, Scorched Earth for Damien Oliver. I think uh, finds a winnable race and gets a lovely run from that gate. So happy to uh, go with it. Race five, number six, Scorched Earth in the next after this. So 2.05, uh, Queensland must be 3.05 but uh, Southern States time.
3: Rightio. okay, mate now I know you've got a uh, have you got anything for Sydney before we move on to Because I know you've got some you've got some good tips for Doomben later on the savo. Anything for Sydney?
6: Look, the only one um, I'm suggesting, and this is pretty obvious, but I think the price around very is pretty good in the Apollo stakes you could uh, you could surely back her each way. I haven't checked in the last half hour if her price has shortened up, but I'll do that as we speak right now. And have a look at the Apollo Stakes. Very elegant. Is around four forty, four fifty, and a dollar eighty-five. Now, I could not see her missing out on a place, so that's a pretty safe bet. And there's a big chance I think she'll win the race. So you could back her uh, a smaller amount to win, and a bigger amount to place, or do whatever you like. But I think those prices, are, that price is amazing for her.
3: Yeah, the days of getting twenty to one for her are over, aren't they?
6: Oh, I, I think they're well and truly <laughs> over, Chase. They are. I think $4.50 is a pretty good price, to be
3: honest. Rightio. Okay, we'll take that on board. Uh, Doombin, this afternoon, I know you, I'm already on one of yours, Profit. Uh, but yep. before you take uh, our listeners through that, what else do you like?
6: Uh, well, let's go with race five, number six, The Lioness, for Ryan Maloney and uh, Toby and Trent Edmonds on the Gold Coast. Just think this one finds a winnable race today. She's she's very consistent. She was a winner at the Sunny Coast 2 back. Sunshine Coast Saturday meeting uh, last start two weeks ago. She went up in the weights there and she went to 1,400 metres. She's back down to 55.5 and, and 1,350, I think, suits her nicely at uh, at Dumont. There's a bit of rain falling at Dumont. Not a lot, but just a heavy shower or two has gone through. That'll probably soften up the track a little, which won't worry her in the slightest. So, I think we can back her each way, race five, number six, the Lioness. Now, Mm -hmm. race six, there's money for this one, number three, Luchicello. First start for Desley Forster. Uh, Jim Byrne rides. Has been well back, but I'm sticking with my original, and that is number 13, Melisma. Tony Golan and Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson just got home, of course, on Camelade in race two. Uh, Melisma's had one start for the stable, a Sunshine Coast winner off a, a nice run. I think it's a similar type run today, so... I'll stick with Melissa, but ah. certainly keep the three safe. What, I'm what, nervous what, what, now.
3: What, what? I'm nervous because I can't go with either of those
6: because you why? know why.
3: Well, you know why.
6: Uh, there's a boom in
3: there somewhere, is there? Yeah, there and is. A boom Nova. Oh, yeah. Boom Nova. But, uh, mate, 1,100-metre race starting from barrier 13. I may have to go with not, you today. Not ideal. No. Not no, ideal from I, out there.
5: For, so.
3: for our listener who's listening in this afternoon, I, I love backing not horses. Enough with boom and gold in, in the name, so oh, God, Chris, that tears me when that happens. All right, and what else do you like?
6: Um, well, we mentioned Profit, race eight, number one, or you've mentioned that one already, I think. Is that uh, your best I of the day? Prophet, yeah, I think he is, actually. He, look, he's a horse that's been a little bit maligned, he, he's promised a lot, but he's always just flopping out the back there, running on late. Now, they finally rode him positively last time and took off before the home turn, and he was in front of the 400 and just kept on going. So I'm hoping if there's no speed here again, Kyle Wilson-Taylor, the jockey that rode him last time, shows the same initiative, and there's no reason why he won't because I think he's just better than those profits. So I'll stick with him. Race eight, number one is the best of the day. Rightio, that's it? All
3: done and dusted?
6: Uh, I think you could back race seven, number one, legal esprit each way as well if you wanted to get around $5 or so. Rightio,
3: good stuff. All right, that's and enough. and... Uh, that's enough. Two from two so that's far. Let's hope, that, let's hope that doesn't I'm end pushing. up being two from ten. No,
6: that's what I was going to say. I'm pushing my luck. The more I throw out, the more chance that number's <laughs> got to The strike rate's got to go backwards.
3: Yeah, true. Hey, listen, I think, we've, I think we've done everything for everyone. We wanted a tip for Melbourne. We've got one for Sydney. We've got a few for Brisbane. mate. Chris Nelson, uh, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. And thanks for joining us on Sports Central, mate. We appreciate your time. Uh, it's a
6: pleasure. Joe. have a good
3: afternoon. All right, mate, you too. There goes Chris Nelson here on Sports Central on SEN. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to catch up with Michelle Steele, Channel 7 commentator. Um, If the name rings a bell too, Michelle's one of Australia's best skeleton athletes. Uh, She was the first woman to represent Australia in the Olympic skeleton event at the Torino Games in 2006. So she's excited tonight because we've got an Aussie in the final of the women's skeleton Uh, Jacqueline Narricot. So she's going for gold tonight. We'll have a chat to uh, Michelle next. This is Sports Central on SEN. Uh, Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here this afternoon. Looks like we're having problems uh, with the phones at Channel 7, so we won't be able to get Michelle Steele on. But uh, make sure you do check out that final tonight, the women's skeleton final. Jacqueline Narricot. She's going for gold after her incredible uh, qualifying performance yesterday. And that's around... It's around 11 o'clock tonight, I do believe. Just an update on some other stuff that's happening uh, around the grounds uh, in the cricket. I mean, the breaking news this afternoon, of course, is about Will Pukowski, um being taken away for uh, an examination for um, concussion. Uh, apparently there was a bit of a, an incident this morning uh, in warm-up in fielding practice. Uh, he received a knock. We're not quite sure how it happened. Went out to field. And I think he, uh, according to Barrett Sundaraisen, lasted about three deliveries uh, until he was subbed out of the game against South Australia at uh, the Adelaide Oval. So uh, there's some breaking news on Will Vukowski. Not good news. Not good news. Now, if it is confirmed as a concussion, this will be his 11th time he's actually been concussed. And you kind of just go, listen... When do you start thinking about life and stop thinking about cricket? He is an absolute gun of a player, a great player, and I'll tell you what: listening to him in the Big Bash is an exceptional cricket uh, commentator mm-hmm. as well. So, anyway, that current score in that uh, in that Shield match, Victoria three for sixty-six. They need another two hundred and fifty runs to beat South Australia. yeah, uh, The last day of that Shield game, Adam Peacock uh, is on the line right now. He's taking the place of Michelle Steele from Channel Seven. Uh, Adam, you heard him on the Mowers Club this morning. How are you, mates?
14: Uh, Good, and and I know uh, Michelle from previous Winter Olympics and uh, doing what she does, I can't profess to know too much about what it's like going head first down a a little slippery slope on a skeleton, but um, I think you got me on to chat some football instead.
3: No, we have. Um, but I'm actually excited about watching Jacqueline Narricot go for gold tonight in the Skeleton. I think it's, about, yeah. it's going to be a late night, Adam, 11 o'clock tonight, so we'll see that on Channel 7.
14: Hey, is there anything better on a Saturday night after maybe a couple of quiet ones to just watch some uh, some Skeleton? It'll probably just add to it a little <laughs> bit. But no, um, Michelle's probably busy. and Yeah, I remember her in, uh, I think it was Torino that she...
5: It was. And that was
14: the start of the Skeleton program. So now that... Um, yeah, uh, we've got someone in medal contention. It's
3: obviously come a long way. Mate, the interesting thing is too, though, after only 13 weeks of trying the sport, she was actually at the World Cup. That, that's absolutely incredible. Unbelievable, Michelle. Anyway, I've missed out, haven't I? Yeah, you have. But I've got you. Let's talk A-League. Uh, what have we got? <laughs> 60 games in 28 days on the way. Adam Peacock and today we've got a a triple header which will kick off soon. Wellington Phoenix taking on Adelaide United.
14: Yeah, um, Adelaide it's hard to to get a proper read on them. Same with a lot of these clubs now that uh, we've gone through the, the COVID postponement month which is a real shame for the competition because that was when they were looking to really get a lot of people to games and really enjoy themselves but it seemed 75% of the games got postponed because squads had COVID ripped through them. Now that that's gone, and obviously everyone's got a bit of immunity for a couple of months at the very least, uh, they can get on with it and get on with it. They will. Uh, Wellington, all of a sudden, have had a couple of wins on the trot, which is good for them. They're actually playing this as the first leg of a doubleheader at Cogra um, because Wellington are actually based... I think they're training out of Chatswood in Sydney at the moment. So... Yeah, they've, um, they've had to do things the hard way again with the, the border closures. They won't play a home game this season again unfortunately. So yeah, they're looking for three on the trot but it's it's not easy.
3: And then tonight Melbourne victory taking on uh, Newcastle Jets. That's the later game. Well that's at 6.45 as well in Melbourne but that second game with the double header, I'm looking forward to this Sydney FC versus Western United FC. This would be a good clash.
14: Yeah, it's, it's Near the top of the table clashes, it's pretty much top of the table clash with Sydney chasing Western United, who've done really well. And John Aloisi, it's, it's kind of really gone under the radar with all the other problems and you know the, the focus on Matildas and and Socceroos. But John Aloisi has got this Western United side going really well, really really well, and it's it, they're eking out results. They're not blowing teams away, but they're they're getting re- good results. And um, yeah, all credit to him, the, the former Brisbane Roar manager and, of course, down there at Melbourne Heart before that. But, uh, yeah, he's um, he started well there. Big test tonight against Sydney, who are finding a bit of form.
3: Adam, what do you make of um, the, the A-League splitting away from Fe- Football Australia? Do you think this is good for the game or should it all be intertwined? What's this mean for pathways?
5: Yeah, it's it,
14: that's the key. I've actually done an interview for Code Sports. Sorry to drop that in there, but um, no, no, well,
5: no, go for it. Yeah. With, of
14: course, with, uh, you will. they pay your James, bills
5: <laughs> <laughs> with James
14: Johnson, the CEO of, of Football Australia. I asked him just that. I said, "Mate, football in this country has a hard enough time of getting on with each other at the best of times. Now you've now we've had another layer, if you like, of of governance um, added and." and you know, it, it surely complicates matters. And he basically said, well, no, this then has allowed Football Australia to concentrate on participation at the lowest level and elite youth national teams and national teams full stop. So they're now spending 75% of their revenue, Football Australia, on football matters as opposed to days gone by where it was nowhere near that. They were running competitions. They were doing this, doing that. Now it's over to the a Leagues clubs to, to run their competition. Now, the big thing is is how it all marries up with your talented young player and where he or she finds the required match minutes to get better. And at the moment, or in years gone by, last decade, it simply has been nowhere near good enough. Now under this new structure, everyone's got to be on their best behaviour to to think of what is best for those young players so that the A-leagues can be better, the men's and women's, and also at the end of the production line, we get better Socceroos and better Matildas, more depth, to what we already have, which is which is what both coaches are crying out for at
3: the moment. And, and how do we get that? Is there, oh, I think we spoke about this last week on Sports Day, Adam, is, is there a finishing school that's needed? Is there something similar with the NBL where you've got the AIS involved? How, how do you get those talent, talented youngsters who, yes, may be running around in the A-League, but what, is there somewhere they can go where they're given extra, I guess, coaching and, and, and finesse?
14: Yeah, enforce- like in an ideal world, probably, yeah. You'd set up like three or four of, the- four of them around the country as your one-year finishing school to help you then elevate your game and-, and go somewhere off the back of that or go back to your A-League's club. But I don't think that's going to happen because these-, these clubs, that that's their, their player. They- they've developed them, they've nurtured them, they've signed them, they've identified them. They don't want to let them go at a critical age. So it's up to them. They're- they're- these academies have to start really producing like, the, the heat is on them. They, they wanted these academies. And if clubs are then, like Sydney, for instance, having to go into the market to buy your middle-aged players because nothing's coming through the academy, what the bloody hell is going on?
9: That, it,
5: that to the me, point? doesn't
14: make sense. What's no. the point? So you, it, it, it brings into absolute sharp focus the academies. But laid on that, and, and, and I'm not having a direct go at the coaches in these academies, laid on that is the fact that these players need to be playing against other elite players as much as possible. Elite young players need to be playing 50 games a year, almost. If not, between 40 and 50, in my opinion. That's what happens overseas. That's how they get better. You make your mistakes in games, you build on your strengths in games. Enough of all this idea that, oh, you have to train a lot, train a lot, whatever, which is along the lines of what the Dutch system was. Need games, as many as possible. So for those 16- to 19-year-old elite players, they just need chances... Against whatever opposition it is, to play as many games as possible in a year. Now the A League clubs can introduce youth league, W leagues. The A uh, League Women's can expand to more games, and then at the, the the top end, maybe tours and things like that for national teams really needs to accelerate.
3: Well, I was about to ask you that. Does that mean we would see some of these 16 to 19 year olds going overseas in the off season and 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 their trade as well?
14: Well, if it's almost chicken and egg. But like These clubs need to develop them to get them to a point where it, they can either play for them in the A-League, or A-League men's, A-League women's, or they can sell them overseas. And that's where the football economy um, comes into question because if you bring in money, everything becomes a little easier in terms of attracting better coaching, attracting better facilities, better resources for the players. Everything goes yeah. up a notch. The, the cost of running competitions and taking teams away on tours to get better exposure to better... Um, because geographically, we're a bit hindered down here. We're away from the rest of the world. Look, there's, there's no simple, easy fix. It will take a lot of hard work from a lot of people. But first of all, the, the right structure needs to be put in place. And I go back to how it's split with Football Australia and uh, the, the A-Leagues clubs. They've got to stay pretty tight to make sure that everything is doing being done to make these better, young, good young players better.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest with this question. Can the mm-hmm. A League clubs do that? Can they set up the facilities that's needed to to nurture these young talent?
6: Yeah, the, the big thing is that the A League
14: clubs needs is a dedicated, season long running underneath the A League's comp for the younger players, and I'm mainly talking about the men's here. The women's is a bit of a different space because it's a bit more convoluted. It's different as opposed. Is this to every
3: club? Is is this? Sorry, Adam, is that every club as well needs to participate in that competition?
14: Yes. Yeah, so the,
3: okay.
14: the, they said that they're going to set up a youth league, so that way that if a kid... Sometimes you see kids in the A-League men's, they'll sit on a bench for four weeks, and I might yeah, right. get on, might not, and they'll end up playing 20 minutes over a month, and yeah. they won't get a chance because there's not a concurrent competition going on underneath. So if they play on a Saturday, or even just play the games after the A-League fixture that night okay it might mean a bit of a late night and extra cost or whatever but yeah, these kids need games and they can't miss they can't have this big black hole in their careers where they play 20 minutes a month for three months. no one wins out of that. It, it's so counterproductive it's not true so yeah that they if, if they're not going to be part of the second tier which is coming in as well that's another point. Like the, the, the second tier comp, uh, clubs around Australia, your, your MPL clubs around Australia, they want to come in with a, a second tier comp. That's great. They don't want the A League youth teams involved with that. So the youth league needs to be set up, and they've said they're going to do it. The clubs um, to, to get things going in that regard and give more match minutes, quality match minutes to kids that are really needed at that age.
3: This, uh, my last one for you before I let you go. This could take a long time to have any effect on the national teams. Does this mean we're going to be in the doldrums yeah. for a while?
5: No.
14: Uh, um, I mean, COVID was very good. Again, I'm talking of the men's as well. The the, the, w, the A-League women's, they really need to go and expand their competition and, and have better ties between what happens with the A-League women's and the players that don't go overseas to play in overseas competitions there in America or Scandinavia or whatever, which is the next step before getting to a bigger, bigger competition in continental Europe. But they, they need a bigger competition. As for the A-League men's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy fix. The whole thing is not an easy fix. But <laughs> it's, it's there in front of us right now. So if, if they don't do things about it now, we'll never know because we'll be having this same conversation in 10 years. But mm. the, the, the thought is that because of COVID younger players started to get a run in the A-League men's, which is great. A club like Central Coast is doing wonders with their young players, bringing them through, giving them opportunities, and that's why, out of circumstance, they can't attract your your bigger names. Like, your Melbourne Victories, your Western Sydney Wanderers, they're always going to go for the bigger name players, and that's just market forces, but there still has to be that opportunity for the young players in those teams to be able to break through, and and sometimes they're blocked, but COVID opened it up because teams realised oh, we'll just go to our own backyard to fill in the spaces right now, I think that's a way forward as a, as a whole. Yeah. But again, you, you can't tell these these clubs are privately owned. And one thing I've learned over a very long time involved in, in sport and maybe in life is that it's very, very difficult to tell someone who owns something how to spend their money. <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> it, 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 you know, like we, we can all be an expert, but we're not the one yeah. opening the wallet. So
3: Absolutely. It, it is up to them in
14: a way, but hopefully the overall philosophy is one of... Uh, a wider picture and not just a narrow focus of the here
3: and now. Mate, I always learn a lot about football when I talk to you, Adam Peacock. I appreciate you jumping on at the last minute on Sports Central, the Savo mates. And, uh, of course, uh, Adam, you can catch him every Saturday morning and always filling in on all different shows on SCN. And, of course, also write some bloody good articles for Code Sport as well. Adam, thanks for your time, the Savo mate. I really appreciate
5: it.
11: Too easy. Thanks, Jose.
3: See you, mate. There you go, Adam Peacock, uh, with the latest on the A League and and also the bigger picture stuff. Like, what what are they going to do to to improve the performances of our national teams? It, it, clearly, we are lacking good quality juniors coming through. And Adam Peacock there with some some ideas. Dan, is that the is that the play up music?
1: Yes, it is. is it, it is. Does is. Doesn't mean we got to go to a break? It oh does. I know.
3: Where's today going? This is Sports Central on 1170 SCN, also on SCNQ and SCN Fanatic on the SCN app. Hey, when we come back, we're going to play for you part one of a chat that Sats had during the week with Bob McCarthy as they remember the the life of Johnny Chooker Raper. That's on the way. Uh, Also, Joel Kane will preview the All Stars match tonight as well. Plenty still to come. This is SCN Central. Yeah, welcome back to it. Third big hour of the show. That just reminded me, hearing that. Vossy's back on uh, Monday morning with uh, Brandy. Greg Alexander joining the show. Can't wait to hear that. Uh, Monday morning when you wake up here on 1170 uh, SCN. Coming up real soon, Joel Kane uh, will be joining us to preview the uh, NRL All-Stars game tonight at Combank Stadium at Parramatta. But during the week, we learnt that um, well, we lost a couple of greats of the game this week. Two days in a row on Thursday, we heard... We lost Olsen and Filipina, aged only 64, passed away in Westmead Hospital. Uh, but the day before, we we also lost Johnny Chook Raper, uh, aged 82, one of the greats of rugby league, arguably the greatest. He made that red V famous all around the world. Scott Sattler, uh, on Sports Day, caught up with uh, the great Bobby McCarthy, who... Played in a lot of games against Chook. Some fierce games between the Rabbitohs and the Dragons. And, of course, got to play alongside him too with the Kangaroos, alongside Scott's dad. Um, they caught up and had a wonderful chat. He's part one of that chat from Wednesday night on Sports
0: Day. Very good. Thanks, Sats.
3: Sad day um, when you hear Chook,
10: Raper.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I,
5: I've,
0: I've been expecting it, um, Scotty. um uh, you know, I saw him at 18 months ago and he wasn't real good then, you know, he was in a nursing home out there at um, Waterfall and he was in the aggressive ward so um, you know, he was sort of locked away a bit and you know, to see him as he was, like he had a nappy on and you know, and you think back that he was the fittest bloke when he played in his time, he was a fittest rugby league player like he used to train before you know, he'd get on the drink and he'd come home and go for a run and run it out and get up and play the next day and be man to the match and all that type of stuff and he um it was sad to see him i mean go from you know the almighty and sort of i know we're all gonna get old eventually but just see how he was and i I, you know it was the last time i seen him and i I used to talk to his wife and that carol and she said oh you know he's he don't even know me now you know i'm thinking oh what a what a what's shocking how it finishes up like that and to see him die now, well it's just unfortunate, but I think he's in a better place, you know, he didn't know where he was and didn't know anyone. So, um, you know, thank God he's up to all those immortals that you just mentioned before, you know, which is um which is great.
10: There'll be a fair drinking session and story session going on at the moment, I think, uh, Macca.
0: <laughs> There'll be a few lies being told, yeah, but um but as you said before, he was he was a great player. Um in that era he was he was Supposed to be the best player of all, time, or supposedly the best player of all time, and he was. It was in that bracket, you know. There was there was him and gaznia and, and Langlands from St George, and, and you had Bozo and you know Ron Coote. and you know the, they are all magnificent players. And you know he he always used to say, like the start off conversations, they they say that I'm the greatest player of all time, and Graham Langlands would say, oh, Chuck, don't start that again. You know, he'd <laughs> always remind people that he, uh, you know, he, he, he's been acclaimed the greatest player of all time. He's, you know, he's just bringing up out of nothing. If there's nothing, I wouldn't talk about anything. He'd come out and say that he's the greatest player of all time and wanted you to sort of elaborate on that. And we used to just look the other way and uh, talk about the races or something, you know. <laughs> I,
10: I was just talking to, uh, before the show, I was just talking to Dad and telling him about Chook passing. And, yeah, he was yeah. he was devastated. And, and he was talking about the likes of Gaznia and, and Langlands Billy Smith, yeah. Papa Clay, Norm yeah. Proven, just to name a few in that great Dragon side. Yeah. But he was, he spoke about Raper's most dangerous facet of the game, and he said his ability just to do the things with the ball that he did as a as a as a little forward.
0: Mm. Yeah, he used to get knocked around a lot because he used to go, go to used to go to to the the, the line, and then he'd, he'd put these blokes through holes, and he you know he'd get on it. I, I only played with him once, and <clears throat> I think it was a, it, it, your dad was captain of New South Wales, and we played against the Queenslanders and. Me and him were in the second row, and he was at, he was at the end of his career. He, I think that he, he got picked from the country when he went out there when he left St George, and Ron Kurt was locked and um, you know he you know he kept on saying, "Come with me, Bobby. I'll put you through and all that." And he was getting hammered everywhere, you know. And I say, "Mate, we will just have a rest, chook." You know what I mean? He 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 just thought it was his job to get you get you through the line. You know what I mean? And like everyone had their own tricks and all that type of stuff, and you know it was just um, must have been great to play with him when he was younger, and he was so fit and energetic. You know he um, you know he used to terrorize those English so you know we used to go over there, and the Pommies used to say to say to me and Curdy and your father and all that type of stuff, they'd say oh you're good you're good uh you are good player, lad, but you're not as good as raper or or Umbley, you know Brian Umbly, that that all sort of say that so they're acknowledged and as you said he'd been there three times as on kangaroo tours and you know chuck um used to knock around with the with with the side the chuck was or uh, it was like that Keith Miller from the cricket sort of uh, era. Chuck would knock around with the, the football um, fraternity, but he had to knock around with the royalty part too. So he, he'd be saying, oh, "I can't get trained I I can't train today or tomorrow or whatever." It was. He says, I've "Got to go and see Prince Charles or something like that <laughs> or something from the royalty." <laughs> you know, and he'd get driven, Then all of a sudden, some car would come and pick him up, and we'd thinking, "Oh, you wish we were like him," you know. And he uh, he would just say, "Great," you know, and he. Everyone, everyone wanted to know him, and he just had a great name like Clive Churchill. Apparently, when he was, when Clive was over there in England, and they, had a, they used to put out the sign on the on the grounds where he was playing that Clive Churchill was playing here today. And when he was walking on the streets of Ilkley, you know, people would run up and say, "Clive, can you get a photo taken with you?" You know, the old box brown, he saw of cameras, and Chuck was uh, Chuck was sort of coming out of the same vein. Everyone sort of idolized him you know, over in England, as much as he was recognized here, you know.
10: Now, in relation to the 1965 grand final, now he played eight consecutive grand final victories with the Dragons, macro as you know. Mm. You played him in the 65 grand final with that, that great young Rabidos yeah. pack. Yeah. Unlimited tackle rule. Yeah. Again, talking to Dad, and, and he yeah. said that if you guys would have played that great Dragons side for a week, they still would have beaten you. What, what can you recall from that great grand final with, with Chook in it?
0: Well, I still maintain that if we'd have had Richie Powell playing, we would have beaten them because it was only 12-8. And when Richie played, he he uh, we beat him three times during the year. We beat him in the pre-season. We beat him in the first round when all their stars were in New Zealand. And then when the, the papers came out, said, um, oh, well, I'll wait till they all come back from New Zealand. I'll give it to this young um, cock of the hoop south side, you know, they're full of all the young kids and all that. And we played him again in the second round. and We beat him by a bigger score. I think that's why all that crowd turned up. They thought the end of the, the rest of the, the, the dynasty was over. And Richie Powell broke down the week before. It. He broke his bloody shoulder playing in the, in the final. So they bought, put Jimmy Morgan and Lurch back in the front row and we didn't have a ball distributor. And there we was, was, was your father, me and Ron Coote. And we were running off Richie Powell when he played and we were driving a mad. We were, mad, huh? we were in the middle, we are in the blind. They didn't know where we were because we were so quick. And, um, when he didn't play in the grand final, um, yeah, you know, we just couldn't, we just had to play a different game. It was like just putting the ball under your arm and just ruck it up. You know, it was our unlimited tackle. And there was two St. George sides, one that played during the year and when that played mm. in grand finals. But, um, you know, your dad, your dad was right there. And that with the side we had that day, if we'd have played him for another two weeks, we wouldn't have won. But I'm pretty sure if Richie Powell had a play, he would be able to give us a bit more variety like he did when we beat him during the year. But you know, that's all hearsay and. um, They've got, they got the Blazers and we got them, you know, get the second prize again, you know. Yeah.
10: He's well known for his exploits off the field, as he said. He loved a drink, he loved a good time. Oh, um, and, think, and as yeah. you said, his training yeah. regime and his fitness, that's what made him a standout, right. wasn't it, throughout his career?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Cap- Carol would say, said sometimes you come home at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> the day of the game, and then he would go for a run. And then he'd come back, he'd, and he'd jump in the bed, and he'd sleep until twelve o'clock or something. Have his, have his steak or whatever he had, and then out at the cricket ground at the end of the match, you know. So he knew we, he knew he had a job to do, but he would just love to do both sides. And uh, I think Frank Hyde said that you won't the way you live your life, you won't you won't get to fifty. And apparently, when he got to fifty, he rang Frank up and he said, "I'm, I'm fifty today, Frank. I think I've beat you. What's on your theory?" <laughs> so he he got to how old was he 82 or something? 82 he said, 82,
5: yeah.
0: Or, or 82 and, yeah i thought he'd yeah. be something like that so you know he he strung it out and um yeah great player great, great um personality in rugby league uh it's unfortunate we're starting to lose them all now or the league is getting rid of them and you know chuck was definitely one of those characters that um you know he he'd knock around with hierarchy and he'd also drink with them you know some bum in a hotel like sort of thing it, it didn't worry him you know he he wanted to mix and, mix and mingle all
10: the time. Talk about some of the, the great players in that position and your great mate, uh, Ronnie Coote, who's regarded as one of the great lock forwards of all time. When they were playing at the same time, when Chook was still at his best around the 65, 66, 67 Maka, and they had to pick an Australian team, would it be still Raper? He was that good that he'd force Coote up into the back row with you?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing as Two different uh, games. Like Chuck had the, um, it, it's the probe and probe and probe, and he wasn't as fast as solid, and he he put you through the hole. But Chuck had score a lot of tries from just back and back in the play if he could read it, like Terry Lamb and all them good players. You know they they read the play and they, all of a sudden they're there catching the ball then the, when when the try was on and um, and Ron Kip was different, person, different altogether. Like he he was never a prober or, or an organizer. He was just a great runner, and you know, you know we just say to Ronnie there's a hole there I want you to be there because that's where the ball's going to be and he'd be there and Ronnie if you've seen all all his games um, you know I think he scored about 80 something tries I scored more than him but I scored mine backing up and all that type of stuff and he, all the tries he scored he, he broke the line himself and then got around the fullback and he'd done that in test matches in, in, in club games and you know he, he was a different type of player he was a great ball carrier whereas Chuck on the other hand was a was a setter upper mm. if I can use that word and um and and Ronnie was the opposite and they were, they were great to play together it was like it was like having Beechson in your side with with Chook, you know and Beech, was fortunate to be uh, lucky enough to be so big he could stand in tackles whereas Chook would would get you through on the run and half the time you know you know you know you, you, know, you, you knew he's going to get he put you put you through a hole or whatever but you you either whack and he's got shortened up you know and he um He'd get up and just say, just score or whatever. And, you know, just, just you know, he, he was just like that type of play, you know, he just, um, unfortunately he didn't play that long in Sydney, didn't he? I think he had about 10 years. he, what, he came up about 58. and I think he was yeah. gone in 68, 60,
10: 69. I think, I think it country,
0: was. And then he so. went to the country. Yeah. Yeah. So he only had a short life in Sydney and, uh, uh compared to what they play now. And I think Gasney only had about eight years, I think, before he broke down and they came up together and, um, they had a great side back there in 59. They, um, I think they won everything. Uh, and, uh, and you know, those two players, uh, I think they started the year with number 19 and, say, 20 on their backs. They started in second grade, and they first, uh, both went over to England and finished up being the two of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. So uh, Lux and George were lucky in a way that um, he, he was pinched from Newtown. He, he was a Newtown junior. Yeah. But apparently in those days, yeah, where you, where you live is where you have to play. And... Um, mm. They, I think, Frank of the old St George secretary at that time, he um, he put it took, took into his house until he um, got married, and then uh, he lived out. He bought a house out in the St George area, but he was uh, he was it was a Newtown junior, and um, Newtown sort of claimed him, and um, he played a couple of games for Newtown, but he uh, all his heroics all come from St George.
3: There you go. Part one of uh, the chat Sats had on Wednesday night with. Rugby league legend Bob McCarthy and his memories of the great Johnny Chook Raper. Some very uh, funny stories on the way uh, soon with, (laughs) with Bob McCarthy, including the man in the bowler hats. What actually happened in England that time? Even though Bobby McCarthy wasn't in the side, he was over there commentating for the Sun. Uh, We'll get to that real soon. But up next on Sports Central on 1170 SCN, on SCNQ and on SCN Fanatic, we'll catch up with Joel Kane. He's calling the All-Stars tonight uh, for SCN. He'll join us next as we preview that clash and talk about some other stuff here on SCN. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here this afternoon uh, for the next 45 minutes uh, at least. And, of course, you can catch this man on the radio Monday afternoon with uh, Fletch. Brand new name to the show, too. It's called The Run Home. Joel Kane joins us now. G'day, Joel.
12: Woogie, how are you, mate?
3: Mate, I'm good. I'm loving... I love Saturday Arvos. I don't know what you're doing at home now, because you're obviously preparing for the All-Stars game tonight, which you're calling for SCN. Uh, I think you're with uh, Jaleesa Raps and also... Who else? Oh, Jimmy. Yep. Jimmy's calling. Yeah, Did you're only obviously... allowed
12: to be in the call box if your name starts with Jay today, Woogie. So uh... <laughs> yeah, it looks a bit like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, thinking about getting you actually—that would have
3: helped. Yeah, no. Well, it starts with W, according to uh, to you, Blaze. But I, I'm mate, I'm loving. It. I'm sitting in the SEN Studios here on the Gold Coast. I've got races on one channel, I've got the Winter Olympics on another, and golf on another. Mate, does life get any any better?
12: There's something serene about a Saturday afternoon, isn't there? It's just very relaxing. You've done all the hard yards. Throughout the week, even though you're working, you're sort of not contending with the the traffic on the weekend. So, mate, I'm with you. It's one of my favourite days.
3: Well, mate, this is not working. Let's let's be honest. We just talk about <laughs> sport and, and and rubbish for hours. Hey, mate, tonight's uh, the uh, the NRL All Stars. I guess this is the unofficial start of the rugby league season. It doesn't feel like it for me. I guess that's because of all the stuff that's been happening around Cricket Australia and Justin Langer, and and still we're seeing cricket on our screens. But, yeah, it's the unofficial launch tonight, and it would be great to have a crowd at Combank Stadium. I'm hearing over 20,000 tickets have been sold.
12: Yeah, the, the weather's a bit how you're going in Sydney town, but that won't stop them from going out there in masses. You know what, Chase? I don't know. Have you ever been to Combank Stadium?
3: I haven't had the chance. not the new one, no, no.
12: No, mate, there's something really special about it and, and we're heading out there today and I've got a few of the young blokes from Touch Football coming out and they haven't been there and I'm really excited to see them walk into the place. There's something really uh, regal and special about it and a special game too. Two teams who are absolutely passionate about you know their culture, their background, you've got so many storylines. You've got Cody Nikarima who's going to co-captain for the first time with Joe Tarpany for the Maori side. Uh, that's the I think it's the fourth set of brothers that the Maori team has had. Uh, you've got Josh Adakar who couldn't go there last year because of the COVID situation. He's such a proud Indigenous man. He was trapped in Victoria, so he's going to captain the side, a la Warren Boland from the wing, so looking forward to that. Um, and then you've got players like Shakai Mitchell. There was some controversy around, you know, were there better Indigenous players to play for him, and should he be picked? Well, you know, when he gets his chance to prove everyone wrong, of course he's the younger brother of Latrell Mitchell, so um, it's going to be fantastic. you got the girls game as well, where uh, Carter Baxter, oh sorry, that's Carter's the son. Uh, he's in my touch team. Uh, Corbin Baxter, she's the captain of the Maori team, taking on the proud Indigenous team. So um, it's, it's going to be an action-packed day, no doubt about that.
3: Mate, one of the famous scenes with the All Stars has been seeing GI lead the Indigenous war cry in the centre of that circle. Who do we know who's doing it tonight? Will it be Josh O'Connor?
12: We don't know. We don't know, but I tell you what, given the fact that he has the Fox, the Sea in the brackets, he's the captain, the old Capitano, I think he's the man, don't you think?
3: Yeah, he's absolutely.
12: He's got to be the man?
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think he, he should be the man. It'd be great to see him there uh, in the centre of that circle. I want to talk to you about uh, Latrell Mitchell. I'm a believer, Joel, and, and I know Satz doesn't agree with me on this, but when we have games like the Indigenous All-Stars versus the Maori All-Stars, how much it means to these cultures and us Rugby League fans as well, I, I think we've got to have the best players available. What are your thoughts on Luttrell missing out on this game because of suspension? It, it's a trial at the end of the day. I know it's a representative game, but it's not state of origin. Is this, should he be allowed to play tonight? Because I believe he should have the best players on display.
12: I've got no doubt he should be playing. And for me, you can't have it both ways. So, and Fletch and I, uh, as he likes to say, um, we were waxing lyrical about this during the week and he was on the same page as me. So he copped, what was it, a six-game suspension, woogie? Yeah. Six-game suspension, right? So, if he's copped a six-game suspension, real game suspension, then one of two things has to happen for this game, in my opinion. He's either got to be allowed to play or this game needs to count as a game suspension. You can't have it both ways where it doesn't count as a game suspension and he can't play. I, I think that's completely ridiculous. Yeah. And, and we do want the best players playing.
3: But he can play He can play against St. George and the Charity Shield. I don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me.
12: But game, but again, if, he, if he's being penalised for this game, then it must count as a suspension. As, but, absolutely. But it's not being counted as a suspension. So, therefore, he has to be able to play. Um and it's the, you know, the curtain piece for this competition. You know, Latrell Mitchell charging out there against the Maori team. It's a, that's what we need to see.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I don't get. It. I was talking to Sats about it earlier today, and he was saying it could actually backfire for Latrell because you know he does get emotional, and this is an emotional game. Um, it, it, you know, he could get too emotional, be over the top, and cop more suspension. I don't, I don't buy that for a minute.
12: No, I don't buy it either. And, and you know what? That's on South City. That's on Luttrell to, to get that out of his game because he's now missed uh, a couple of years where it's gone into the semi-finals. They had Corey Allen go back there a couple of years ago. Everyone rode off the bunnies and they went so far. Last year, they did a similar thing. So when you're paying a player big bickies, you need him on the field. So if it's a behavioural thing or it's a passionate thing or whatever you want to coin it, they've got to sort it out because he's such a commodity.
3: Hmm. Mm. Actually, one you know, a little side note on this game tonight too. My first time we've had a crowd at a, a rugby league game in Sydney. I think it was June last year.
12: Yeah, I, yeah, that'd be about right. Um, the world does feel, to be honest with you, Jason, it's coming back to normal. It, do, it does feel as though um, we have arrived at that part. I know COVID's still a very serious thing, but. It, it, it's slowly but surely heading into the flu department. I think. What, what, what do you think about that? And I know you're coming. Yeah, I, I agree. Flu, I, like...
3: Mate, we're we're safe up here. Don't worry about that. Plus, I don't go. I don't go and see anyone, mate. So I don't. I don't leave the house. <laughs> I go house, <laughs> work. I haven't even been able to play golf in two months because of my dodgy back and neck. But now I think I. Whilst people are still getting sick and dying, which is is not great, I think it is starting to become more flu-like. But I'm I'm not a. I'm not a doctor, so I can't really comment no, on that too much. But I think I think people are being a lot smarter too, though, Joel, keeping the distance, wearing face masks, washing their hands. I think um, the stuff we don't normally do when we're not in a pandemic, right?
12: Well, you know, you know the funny thing. Well, I don't know if it's a funny thing, but um, when it all first came out, the mandates you've got to wear a mask and everyone was up in the air and why are we wearing these <laughs> stupid masks and blah, 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 blah. And now the, the, the rules have really relaxed in Sydney. But then you see all people wearing masks on their own accord. It's funny how, you know, it all sort of changes when you're forcing people to do something they don't want to do, it. and then when you're saying you don't have to do it, they're more than happy to comply. So
5: yeah, um, right.
12: But back to, back to the football though. Um, who are you tipping tonight, Jace?
3: I don't. It's a tough. I was going to ask you that. You're the expert in this area. I, I'm 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 going to stick with the Indigenous All Stars. Good team. Um, but it's tough. It, it, it's it, for me. It's a 50-50 call. But I think. I just think the Indigenous All-Stars have a bit more strike power. Um, what What about you?
12: Look, I'm, um, I'm I'm actually swimming against the tide here. I'm against the bookmakers. I'm against the uh, popular opinion. I'm, I'm very bullish about the Maori team. They're big outsiders here. And, you know, with the weather around in Sydney, I know that, that people, it catches your eye. You go through that Indigenous side, you look at the back line, and you go, wow, you know, H- how does this side lose? But then... When you get down a little bit further to the forward pack, you know, James Fisher-Harris and Joe Tarpany and Brom- Kenny Bromwich and the list goes on. For me, they've got a superior forward pack, the Maori side. And with this weather, this rain around in Sydney, well, that probably brings back the flashy backs of the uh, Indigenous side, the Josh Adder-Kars, um, you know, Tyrell Sloan's speed, the the Hamiso Tadwai Doe. They're far better. I mean, they're going to still be quick. Don't worry about that. But they're far better on top of the ground on a slick pitch, which they won't get tonight. So um, swimming against the tide. But, mate, I'm very, very keen on the Maori side tonight.
3: I know. The surface at Combank Stadium, though, is pretty good. If If there's a bit of rain around, that shouldn't worry too much, though, should
12: it? It won't worry too much, but it'll still be wet, which means it's harder to shift the ball, which means you know the wingers aren't getting as early ball, as crisp ball as they'd normally get. It'll we played through the middle a bit more. So opportunities won't be uh, as much as you'd ordinarily get. Uh, and we did see uh, when we're playing there, you know, in recent times, it does get a little bit dewy. So um, I think what we see tonight is a Dallas low-scoring affair where the Maori sides just sneak home.
3: I look forward to that. Coverage starts on SCN tonight from 6 o'clock. I want to talk about, if you've got a couple of minutes, mate, another event that's coming up yes. on Monday, Super Bowl. You, you're into your American football, aren't you?
12: I, I am, um, to be honest with you, So I don't actually watch a lot, but I listen to, uh, on a weekly basis, all of the United States uh, radio. So I get caught up in the storyline, if you like. But I'll tell you one thing. So my brother, I'm the oldest of six, and one of my brothers, he's one of those guys where if you flush him down a toilet, you wait a few minutes and he pop, pops back up and he's got a plumber's license. You know one of those blokes, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> He He's always wanted to go to the Super Bowl, SoFi Stadium. <laughs> and He bought a place at Ipswich about... Uh, 15 years ago, and, and it was through a property spruik, and it all went pear-shaped. I think I was telling you this the other day, and he made the... 10 this is grand, great. But anyway, yeah, so he made 10 grand after 15 years of investment, or 12 years, and he said, you know what, bugger it, I'm going to use that money to go to the Super Bowl. Always wanted to do that. The fact that it was at SoFi Stadium in LA, which means you could just fly into LA, there's no connecting flights, you're there. He said, this is the year I'm going to do it. Now, he's a always been a battling Cincinnati Bengals fan, right? And... He bought the tickets the week they lost to the Jets, who, for those who follow the NFL, are perennial losers. So he had no ambition of uh, the Bengals being there whatsoever. Fast forward to uh, Super Bowl, where he's now over there in LA, and you wouldn't believe that the Bengals are there. So he needs to get one more win. But as they say, dreams are free, aren't they?
3: Yeah, look, I wouldn't be taking uh, investment advice from him, though. What, he, didn't, what he paid three hundred grand for the house about 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, and
12: he, and, I think and- he paid like... He got 312 or 315 grand. Like
3: that, <laughs> in a booming <laughs> market. Bucks. That's good. Oh, well, yeah. mate, 12 grand. You might as well go and spend that. Oh, less. Hang on. Wait on. Less real estate commission. He's probably still at a loss. Um, well, yeah, that, like the, that's, that's right. I like the Bengals in this game. I think the, the, defense defense wins big games. And their defense, other than that first half against... Um, the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, but they still, they made a crucial stop just before halftime against arguably the the greatest quarterback currently in the game. And then they came out in that second half and and towed up the Chiefs. I I just think, I just think the Bengals, and again, they're outsiders too, Joel. I, I reckon they're the goods. I reckon there's a lot of pressure on the Rams at home. They've put everything they've got into putting this team together. The Bengals, they've got nothing to lose.
12: No, no. Um, the, only, the only thing I'll say is this, and, and I love you, Jason. I love my brother, Tony, who's the Bengals fan. But I did about six or eight months ago, I had a a, a little multi, right? I had uh, a $4 horse at one, into the Pampers at $4, into the Rams at $13 to get over 200 to one. So I've got uh, the Rams going at 200 to one at home. I've got one more hurdle to get past to, to get oh, probably geez, the biggest um, odds collect I've ever had in my life.
3: Oh well, like, I can't get in the way of that. Go the Rams. Yeah. Um, Go I spoke to Rams. Jared. I spoke to Jared Waitley because the coverage of uh, the Super Bowl is on SCN on Monday morning live, and he's over there in the states. What a junket that is with SCN, and he oh. and Ben Graham will be calling the game. But uh, we're talking about the halftime entertainments, uh, and talking to Jared about that. That was awkward. Uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige. Uh, there's a few others. Is it Kendrick Lamar? I don't even know who that is. Uh, And a a few others. Mate, is that not royalty, LA royalty, on show at the halftime show?
12: Oh, it's brilliant. And actually, we spoke to... Who did we speak to during the week? Um, Oh, it's eluded me. But they're talking about the fact... Oh, Edre Andrew Webster. We're talking about the fact that Nick Politis is uh, the chairman at the Bruce's going over there. And Webby was telling him about... uh, uh, all the bands and the acts that were going there, and he said Doctor Who. I had oh, yeah, no <laughs> idea, Nick. but but Fletcher's sort of Fletcher's been very big on the fact that, uh, of course, Tupac uh, no longer around, but he reckons yep. there'll be like a um, what do you call them? Like a hologram. Yeah, I've heard that two, too. Tupac. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, in California.
3: Yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible. Look forward to that. I look forward to the game tonight. It's the kickoff of the NRL season. Unofficially, it's the All Stars. Uh, catch all the action tonight on SEN with yourself, Joel, uh, Jalisa Apps, and also Jimmy Smith. All the Jays coming to you live from uh, Combank Stadium, mate. Pleasure talking to you today, and I—I no doubt Sats and I will catch you and the boys uh, Monday, Arvo, right?
12: Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I'm a very excited person on Monday afternoon with the Rams winning. But hey, Jay, it's always good to chat, mate. Any time, and we'll uh, we'll catch you soon. I think the Maoris get up in an upset. Good luck to everyone watching the game.
3: All right, mate. And actually, I just forgot about that. If the Rams get up on Monday, I don't think Joel will be at work. 200 to 1. (laughs) Good luck, buddy. See you later.
12: Thanks, mate. See you, Jay.
3: There goes Joel Kane. Coverage tonight from 6 o'clock here on SEN. And don't forget to that coverage Monday morning, 9 o'clock for the Super Bowl with uh, Jared Whateley. And, of course, the last Aussie and the only Aussie uh, to play in a Super Bowl, Ben Graham, will be uh, in that core team as well. For my two cents, I've got a text here. Actually, I'm going to pre read of it and I'll come back and, and read that out real soon. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, 0457 736. 736 is our text line or 1300 01 1170. Break time. When we come back, part two of that great chat that Scott Sattler had with Bob McCarthy. After we lost one of the greats in the game, Johnny Chook Raper. That's up next here on Sports Central on SEN. Ah, oh, welcome back to it. it's Jason Matthews in the chair this afternoon. Just about to uh, wrap this baby up. Dan's been on the buttons, doing a great job behind the scenes. It's been a, mate. Hey, it's been a frantic afternoon uh, this afternoon, hasn't it? We've had uh, Andrew McDonald on confirming that the Pakistan tour will be going ahead. All the players are on board. Uh, Cricket Australia have. Have worked out any fears that the players and staff have had, so that's definitely going ahead, and that's the full strength squad. Great news, Dan.
1: Yeah, very good news. Looking forward to that tour as well.
3: Uh He also wouldn't give me an answer no. on whether he wants to be the coach.
1: Very diplomatic. Strong- yeah,
3: mate. Please look. You know, first of all, thanks for his time. Yes. You know, in this, at this time when there's so much stuff going on about Justin Langer and the Australia, and Cricket Australia and all that sort of stuff. The fact that he fronted up today after Australia's win against Sri Lanka last night was, was great. But uh, he wants to see what the role looks like before he puts his hand up for it. So I, I don't blame him. And then we found out this afternoon that uh, Will Pekofsky has suffered a concussion again. This is his 11th now. Um, uh, from, from what we know from Barrett Sundaraisen, when we spoke to him, who was at Adelaide Oval when it happened, uh, in the warm-up this morning, he um, must have got hit. Something yes. happened. Then he went out to field, and I think Barrett said three balls he managed to last in the field. And he went down on his haunches, and um, he was substituted out of the game against South Australia. Fingers crossed, everything crossed, that Will Pekowski will be okay. But the question is now, Dan, what does he do? I mean, this can't continue to happen. His life is more important than cricket. Be great if he could do both. You know he is an outstanding young, young batsman. He's an outstanding young fella, but I'm sure there's space for him in and around cricket because that is his love. Um, we saw what he did as a commentator during the Big Bash this year. He was outstanding in the commentary box. Maybe it's time we'll, you know, had a had a, a hard look at this. And this is the eleventh time. I've, this is unheard of.
1: Got to put your health first at some point.
3: Absolutely. He's only 24 years of age. 100%. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Mm. So mm. let's hope, look, let's hope he's okay. And it was just a minor thing. And, and, you know, he can make a decision based on, that's his business as well. But let's just hope he's okay. Uh, all stars on tonight. NRL all stars on SCN. Jimmy, Joel and Jalisa will have all the action from six o'clock. Looking forward to that game. T20 Game 2 tomorrow night at the SCG. Australia versus Sri Lanka. We'll have all that action on SCN. Super Bowl Monday. Live on SCN with Jared Whateley and Ben Graham. We're covering all sports. What are you looking forward to, Dan?
1: Uh, really looking forward to the Rugby League tonight. I think it'll be good to see some footy back in action for the first time in about four months.
3: I'm looking forward to the halftime show. I'm sure uh, you In are. the Super Bowl. My kids are educating me. I know who Eminem is, but that'll do. do. Yep. Uh, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Uh, I'll catch you back uh, again next Saturday afternoon at 12 o'clock for Sports Central. Thanks for listening. Have a great afternoon. Uh, we've got Joel and Fletch next with the run home. Best of. Sometimes needing new tyres
10: can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191.